0: This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Warner Brothers is joking, right?
1: There are spoilers in this dojo as we talk about Cobra Kai. And we will see if Steve can pass my fight test. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest
2: information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute,
0: ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet
2: people of it's the invasion of the podcast the whole world is under attack
0: can it survive And welcome to Invasion, the podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, and in my left is the uh, not as sweaty as last week,
1: Steve. I try not to sweat as much as last week, but you know we'll see. It's early in the summer. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, no, it's just it's like twenty degrees cooler in here yes. than last week, and it, I think I think it was because of the sexual heat that uh, Jeff brought <laughs> to the studio. Jeff, so you picked
1: the wrong week. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely the hottest week that since I've been on the show.
0: Yeah, and it was like because I was the, you. The the Cleveland seasons always confuse me where I'm like, well, guess it's gonna be this hot the rest of the time. And then it's like today's actually not that bad. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, Jeff, for coming on. Thanks for sweating through and talking about solo. Um, it was fun. Uh, and we're gonna have some fun today talking about Cobra Kai. Uh this episode is brought to you by Core's Golden Banquet Beer. You'll know more <laughs> about that later. Uh so um just a little bit of talk about about the weekend. So I don't I don't know what you got into. I watched a lot of Cobra Kai, that was kind of part of my weekend.
1: Same here. Yeah.
0: Um it it kind of consumed me, and I ended up binging the whole thing over the weekend. I meant to tell myself I was going to watch it over a few days. I ended up just watching it all the same day. It was I very I guess I say very few shows do that to me, but I'm such a binger when I watch TV shows. Yeah, like I like I'll I'll, I'll be good. No, I'm not good. I'm I'm bad about it.
1: I try to save stuff. Um, although now I'm at the point where, like I told my wife, I'm like we may need to take a week off to try and catch up on stuff that we're behind on because. Uh, typically, I watch like all the DC um, superhero shows, but this past year, I didn't jump right in on the new episodes. Um, and once that gets past the fifth um, episode on the app, It goes to, like, the sixth, and then number one isn't left there anymore. So, long story short, I don't have cable. So, because I didn't jump right in on the season, I missed out. So, I was like, they're going to be on Netflix. I'll wait. But now I have four four of those shows. So, basically,
0: four seasons of television.
1: Basically. But then also... (laughs) I, I probably won't watch Arrow. And we were watching Black <laughs> Black Lightning. So Oh, that's a fifth have, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to uh like Netflix shows as well, we watch Kimmy Schmidt. There's a new season of that. Arrested Development, new season of that. Yeah. Or do we watch uh, glow and oranges of the new uh the new black? New seasons of those are starting, I think, this month. So it's like and Luke Cage is coming yeah. soon.
0: I, I have not finished The Punisher. I've not watched Jessica Jones season two. I'm so behind. Like the only, the only like um, quote unquote show I watched as it was airing was Agents of Shield because it's still on Hulu, so mm-hmm. I was able to watch it weekly as it came out. You mentioned the CW app. I completely forget about that every single time. Not because it's terrible. Um, I don't know. Sometimes the commercial stuff on it's a little weird, but. Uh, Whatever CW made its deal with Netflix to have the entire season out the week after the season wraps up, that's great. But yeah, like you, I was what I was like current until not this season. I, I fell off last year because uh, it's like it's just so much. Yeah, and I can't, for, especially with the CW shows, how they kind of weave back and forth. You, it's just you got to watch them all, kind of. To even maybe not to watch them all like I've never really watched Supergirl not because I've not heard it's not good it's just that I was already watching Arrow and the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Crazy Ex Girlfriend that's not that's not part of the, the 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 DC universe but it's a CW show and it was yeah. another one it's just like how many more can I get hooked on and then my one buddy's telling me about how much he loves the One Hundred and I'm like don't tell me right. I'll start watching that too. And that's what kind of world do we live in that I'm like don't tell me about good TV cuz I'm full up right now.
1: We really are, you know, like a golden age where it's like there's so much content that like you can't keep up. Like I I'm trying but I'm so behind now because I'll probably watch Flash, then Supergirl, then Legends, and maybe I'll dabble into Arrow, but like uh it's it's just like just superhero shows alone, there's a plethora of them and they're they're all really pretty good. Um I don't really have any complaints with you know, like I said, Arrow is the one I kind of fell off on. I lost interest in, but it's—I guess it's—it's it's not such a bad problem to have. But I just feel like I'm being crushed by having to watch everything. Well, and then,
0: and then factor in like you have the second season of Legions on right now, which I don't know if you watched. The, I haven't. It's phenomenal. The first season was great. It's trippy, and I loved it. And I'm—I can't wait for the second season to kind of just kind of wrap up so I can watch all at once. Maybe I don't know if I'll get to it. It's so good, and then um. I know I heard Gifted was actually pretty good, the other FX show, the Mutant one. Yeah. Um, Hulu has The Runaways, which I heard nothing but great things about, and I haven't watched that yet. Cloak and Dagger just premiered last night, like yeah. on Freeform. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like and, and people are saying cloak and dagger's pretty good too. And by the way, who'd ever thought we live in a world in which could get a cloak and dagger show? That's a that's a that's a deep cut from Marvel. Definitely not I. I mean, no. most of
1: the time you don't have a cloak and dagger comic, let alone a TV show.
0: And it doesn't have Dabney Coleman in it. I don't know like why <laughs> you know, so yeah, I just it's like I always feel like I get caught up on one thing and eight other things fall to the wayside. Yeah. And it's it's a good problem to have. It's a frustrating thing because I wanna I wanna love everything all the time. Like I really enjoy Westworld. I got through the about halfway through the season premiere, and I got tired because it was a Sunday night, and I didn't get back to it. Now I haven't watched any of it, not because I'm that interested. I'm like, well, they're almost done. I might as well just wait till it's over to watch it, which that doesn't really help the viewership of a show.
1: Yeah, we're two behind right now, and uh, unless we catch up by Sunday, we're going to be three behind. Mm -hmm. And um, the show's really good. It's not like it's fallen off in quality, but it's like there's just so much it's a dense yeah yeah yeah. it's it's one of those shows too like there are certain shows like i can put on the dc shows and be like oh i can do some drawing while this is on or i can do some work you know while it's on westworld if you're not paying attention like there'll be something that'll be referenced five episodes down the line that you're like when the hell did that happen (laughs) so you really got to pay attention
0: i think the earlier season uh uh, cw stuff you could have like totally ignore half of it because it was all just laurel being sad (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just her being like, "Why isn't Ollie talk to me anymore?" I guess I'll flirt with drinking for three episodes. Like you could just ignore all that. But uh, <laughs> oh, it felt so good to bring in a Laurel Lance joke. Uh, yeah, this weekend it was me binging that. Um,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. I no, no, flat no, no, flat no, no, I,
0: I was, I did that as well. Um, I've been, I've been playing some Overwatch. I don't know if you're familiar with this game. I talk about it often. Uh, it's the their anniversary event, so I've been in there big time. Um, they, I don't know why. The game's two years old, and I play it like it's brand new. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. Meaning, I still don't know what I'm doing. No, not really. Eh, sometimes. But I've been doing that. Uh, I went to go buy um, buy clothes to go for multiple weddings this summer. So I just like I don't know about you, but like for me to go buy a dress shirt is. um, You can mark it by decade. Like I don't really go (laughs) out and buy. Like like I was telling I was telling my wife I was like yeah I need like we got these weddings coming up and she's like well let's just check out your clothes I'm like can we just go buy new ones finally I was like it's been years since I bought a shirt can we just go buy a shirt. So I went to uh DXL, which is for, you know, they, they say for the you know the casual male, aka overweight, tall guys. So I went there, and it's like this there's the sticker shock because you need to few more inches of clothing versus somebody else. Yeah. So this is why I only buy a dress shirt once every seven, eight, nine, ten years. So that was uh but to be fair though, thankfully. They actually treated – it was a much, much less painful experience than I thought it was going to be because I always feel like when you go in to buy, like, nice clothes, there's always this weird upsell going on. And they tried that, and they're like, oh, well, what color dress is your wife wearing to the wedding? And, and you know, my wife told them, and then she's like, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 we are not the match. like, this isn't prom. Like, I've been to prom. I don't need that again. Like, they kept trying to be like, well, what about these seven ties? I'm like, no, I'm good. So that was, you know...
1: Sir, I, would you like a handkerchief for your it, pocket? Yeah, no. and I was like,
0: no, I'll just pull off the edge of this dress shirt and put it in my my uh, <laughs> put it in my pocket as a pocket square, uh, like Charles Bronson. So um, anyway, so yeah, that was me trying to be an adult and then me uh, watching an eighty. Oh, we also watched The Karate Kid because my wife had never seen it. What? I, I love her. I'm married to her. There's a lot of the stuff that you think is a given... That is not a given, and she never just, seen it before. It's
1: surprising to me because, like, I, I know somebody who hasn't seen Ghostbusters, and he was a huge Bill Murray fan. I'm like, how is that like the movie you haven't seen?
0: That's like saying you've never seen Caddyshack, and right? Like, like that, Bill Murray's going places. I don't. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so we watched that first, and then we watched Cobra Kai. So that was my whole weekend was trying to stuff as much adulting, and then I don't know, video games and Cobra Kai. That's it. All oh, right. Yeah, it was a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. Most of my weekend was spent Cobra Kai-ing and doing work on uh, our webcomic stuff. So um, I did go to a uh, party that was uh, supposed to be a pool party, although only kids got in because it was like, I don't know, 60 degrees on Saturday for it, whatever reason. It was really chilly. Not yeah. chilly, but like...
0: Compared to what it was the previous yeah. week, it was a big drop in temperature.
1: Um, But uh, yeah, that was pretty much my entire weekend. So Cobra Kai and... Uh, Going to a, a, a non-existent pool. I mean, a pool party that wasn't a pool party. So
0: uh, it was a cool party, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all right, yeah, all right. So we we talked about binging television and then watching other television and then and then not swimming. So that's that's a pretty successful weekend. So all right, I don't know. All right, let's just let's just get to the news. Good news, everyone. Uh, news is also brought to you by Core's Golden Banquet Beer. Uh just all just all, all segments of this episode will be brought to you by the the Banquet Beer. What what makes a Banquet Beer a ban- like, like like that sounds like you got to have this really long beer. table yeah. of, of nothing but the finest of canned chickens along the way <laughs> and like you know and 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 whatever you know and it's like it just seems like it's supposed to be like this fancy bank like like Of course is painting this idea of a banquet is like i feel like this is where they uh would cover everything and just like picnic claws and you saw horses and like there'd be a bunch of sawdust it'd be a it's, this is a texas roadhouse let's just be honest and i feel like This isn't, because when I think of a banquet, I think of, like, royalty. This is not that bottle.
1: See, I think of a banquet, I think of, like, my, like, baseball banquets when I was growing up that we'd go to (laughs) at the end of the year, or, like, my band banquet, where... That makes more sense to me. Yeah, so it's like, you know, uh, an award show without famous people. Uh, (laughs) It's like, you know, come on up here and get your participation trophy for, you know, being ninth in... uh, you know whatever best
0: backup backup third baseman <laughs> yeah.
1: there did come a point i think it was right before i got married where i was looking at my stuff and it was time to get rid of stuff and i was like do i save the baseball trophies from 1984 <laughs> well i mean if you no. won if
0: you won the all valley uh, baseball tournament <laughs> That's like true. That, then you keep that you know like um yeah uh yeah i don't know anyway so um the 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 cores will make more sense later i'm teasing teasing cores uh, news. Uh, so, um, some stuff has went on. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that they're going to do a standalone Joker movie with Jared Leto's um, very uh, I don't know. He looked like he smelled in Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, there's just some actors that like not actors, but you see characters just like, Ugh! and there's something about him. He looked like he just, just smelled bad, no matter what.
1: I mean, I guess that's not bad for the Joker. I mean, I guess he doesn't have to be hygienic. That's um, true. You know, but. This puzzles me. Uh, to be fair, I have not seen Suicide Squad, and I've heard mixed reviews about it, and I've heard mixed he, reviews.
0: I, I don't mind his Joker's. His Joker's different, and I'll give him credit because how do you? How many different directions can you take that character? I I mean, I guess as many as you can. But you think like Nicholson's Joker is much more like like he's making jokes. They're bad jokes. He's just a mean person. Uh, Ledger, Ledger's Joker. I mean, to cut you off was more like like everything. It's he told jokes, but it was like he was making a joke of the entire system. I think right. It was more anarchy. Yeah, Leto, is more. He's more like I don't know. He was more like mob bossy or like underworld kind of skeezy type. And I don't know, it was a different it was a different vibe. He wasn't the problem with that movie.
1: I understand that he drinks a lot of Fago and uh he's yeah, part of the juggalo. He's a family. juggalo, yeah.
0: I like the idea that like, yeah, just they just like, you know what? We already have an insane clown. And in fact, <laughs> he should have a posse, you know? Like, no, it's just like the problem is they tried to shoehorn him in into this movie and it didn't need it.
1: Wait, are you telling me that DC? <laughs> warner brothers you, shoehorned a character uh, in unnaturally it, i find that hard to believe it kills
0: me because i feel like like the things that you love most like they're not doing it the way that you're the most like the things that you enjoy most meaning you, hate you are hate everything i'm old you, no it's not that you hate everything it's just that your heart gets broken Yeah, you know, it's like and outside of wonder woman and 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 even i don't know The Dark Knight's a great film. Batman Begins isn't all that great, but it's okay. And I feel like The Dark Knight um, Rises is okay, but not great. But The Dark Knight's amazing, right? Yeah, that's that's a great film. Like you could you could take the masks off and it wouldn't matter. It's a great film. Um, But I just feel like DC has not done enough for you like the past fifteen years. To, to warrant faith of what's happening next. And it's like, that is, like, you like Marvel stuff too, but your heart's with DC. Yeah. You know, so I just, it kills me that they can't get their shit together to make their core audience happy.
1: Well, what's odd about it too is, is that, like, you reference you know, Batman Begins. I actually like that movie quite a bit, but after Dark Knight came out, like, it was sort of like, kind of forgot about Batman Begins. And I mean, not in a bad way. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's just that Dark Knight is so much better well
0: what happened to that above ground subway that was in gotham like they never talk about <laughs> how that suddenly went away in the second film yeah you know it's like i mean i get the part of it blew up but that whole infrastructure that had to be there somewhere right yeah <laughs> like it just went away <laughs> it was it was like that was the last vestiges of um schumacher like it was right. kind of like they're like no 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 no, not every building has to be one million stories tall we can make this look like a city again oh we got rid of the skyway good good good
1: yeah but, uh, you know, Dark Knight Rises is an okay movie. Um, my biggest problem with it is is that Batman wouldn't stop. There would have been no point which he would have stopped, especially after losing uh, the love of his life in the second film. I don't think he would have walked away. So it has to get around the fact that it's like, Batman's been gone for, I think it's eight years at that point. Oh, and then he's got a knee problem that goes away <laughs> with this thing, and then he's got a back problem that... Like well, the neat
0: thing, it's like he just attaches like like I don't know, like some bendy thing to it, and then all of a sudden he shows uh Lieutenant Dangle that he can walk again yeah. or whatever, and that's fine. But the whole his back is broken and he's like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna lay here for a while. Oh, it healed itself. Now I can climb out of this hell pit and go save Gotham. Like yeah. that felt weird.
1: It it's Clear that I think Nolan liked Bane much more than he liked Batman. I think he was a also one of those people. I want a director who, and this is not slamming Chris Nolan because he's a phenomenal director. I just want somebody who likes Batman more than they do the villains.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I would argue. I don't know if Christopher Nolan likes Batman at all. Like, right. I, even though I, they at least showed him detecting in the dark night, right? Like, like, Oh, well, I mean, I will use this fancy computer and pull the shrapnel of this bullet together to figure out what was going on. Like there was a lot of that hand waving, a lot of that mission impossible tech, but at least he was trying to figure out what's going on and figure out the Joker's next move. That's the closest I think we've gotten to like like a Batman or a Bruce Wayne trying to and then also him operating during the daytime too, like trying to do things and, and have access to places that he knows Batman couldn't go. Yeah. But Bruce Wayne could. I liked that. Like it's 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 okay, but that's the story here is not Christopher Nolan, it's Jared Leto as the Joker and him having his own movie, which
1: And I, we just spent ten minutes talking about the Nolan films and not Jared Leto. So that, like, that says that something about
0: something. that too. Um, I, I like Jared Leto as an actor. I really do. I think he always challenges himself to find what's different. And I know you've not seen Blade Runner yet. Um, he's in that. You would think from the trailers that he's like the big driving force, but he's not in it. as Like, he's, it's almost the same thing with Suicide Squad. Like, he's shown predominantly, but not the focal point. He brings a different vibe to that character, what he's doing in that movie as well. So I like that he's challenging himself. This is a guy who put on like a lot of weight to play Mark David Chapman who was the guy who shot John Lennon yeah. in a movie that no one remembers but he committed to it you know like he he I think you know I think he could be great as the Joker I don't know what a Joker movie accomplishes at this point
1: Yeah I don't I mean it's part of the fallout of Justice League failing uh is that like DC doesn't really have a direction they're realizing that like we put all our chips on this and it didn't work So, like, they're going to be doing a New Gods movie with Ava DuVernay. Uh, I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Yeah, I think you're saying it right. Um, But, like, that I'm excited for. That sounds interesting to me. Uh, They're going to be doing the Aquaman movie with James Wan. James Wan's a very talented director as well. Aquaman was actually one of the things that I actually really liked about Justice League, so I'm, I'm on board with that. But then you hear, like, oh, they're going to do a Jared Leto movie, and they're going to do a Harlequin or Birds of Prey movie, and then they're going to do a Batgirl movie. Now, they're not going to do a Batgirl movie. It it's They're very, like, can't figure out what they're doing. Oh, and then the other thing I read was is that they're still considering doing the Batman movie, but without Ben Affleck. But with Josh Gad possibly as the Joker?
0: Oh no 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 no! I didn't know that.
1: I'm sorry, not the Joker, the Penguin. No, no.
0: Regardless, I don't care if he's playing Commissioner Gordon or guy who gets <laughs> killed the first three minutes of a film. Josh Gad is here's my hot take. He is uh, quality cancer. Like I just I cannot stand Josh Gad. And the thing is, I know he was in like he was part of the initial production of um, the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. So, but I would argue that is more Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I just, I can't, Josh Gad is like if Jack Black and, um, oh, there's somebody else out there. If they had a love child that had none of the talent of Jack Black and this other person I can't think of. Like he, it's like like if Jonah Hill and Jack Black had a kid, I can't stand Josh Gad. And he, he shows up in all like the Sandberg, not Sandberg, the Sandler movies now. I, and I know he's the voice of Olaf and frozen. So he has that Disney money for the rest of his life. He is not funny. And I just, do, and I don't want him playing anything any, like I want, I want good DC movies just because I want better competition. And I think DC fans deserve better films. And wonder woman showed me that I could fall in love with a character. Like, like I like Batman. I mean, who doesn't like Batman honestly? Right. Cause he's like, that's your bread and butter superhero, Batman, Superman. You can't not like them. Wonder Woman was a wonderful film. No no pun intended, I guess. I don't want Josh Gad near anything. Unless, unless it's like him getting, like, literally, it's like he's just walking across the street and then, like, you know, the rhino stomps on him as he goes by. Like, just, I want him out.
1: Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I had always, and again, this is me being the fan, like, crafting what I want out of a movie franchise, uh, particularly considering that this actor has now passed away. But I had always wanted Philip Seymour Hoffman to play the Penguin in oh, a Nolan be a good film. Good
0: call. Good call.
1: Um, so like, when I heard Joss Gad, I was like, eh. But to be fair, when I heard Heath Ledger, I was like, nope, no, no. Like, because my comparison for him was literally the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> so I'm like, I was – and I knew that he was in Brokeback Mountain, but I was pretty much – ignorant of most of his work and then he's got like a brilliant performance in that movie so I'm I, open I, to I,
0: it. you say i agree but i don't think josh gad's gonna have this breakthrough <laughs> penguin performance i don't think that's gonna he's gonna ham it up and it's gonna be terrible like philip Seymour hoffman could have brought like like the whole thing of cobblepot is like you know it's just because of his The way he kind of carried himself in terms of his body shape—that's where he kind of got the name, right? With like, like, because he wore the tuxedo and what, blah, 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 right? Wilmer, Seymour Hoffman, like he, like you've not seen Mission Impossible three. I've not. He's a really good villain in that, and it's because it's like he's like, I'm—he's like he just basically tells Ethan Hunt, he's like, I'm gonna find the person you care about, and I'm gonna hurt her, and it's like, like basically, like I can't get you, but I can get the people you care about, and it's like he was such a good villain in that. That I could have seen that, like I could see, there was times during the Nolan trilogy, people kept wanting to get um uh DiCaprio to play the Riddler. I I could maybe see that, like maybe
1: I mean why the Riddler though I don't why was that the go I just
0: I don't know maybe because they wanted to just get Jim Carrey out of their head I don't know but uh like I if I had my druthers if I could have like a random villain in a Batman film maybe not be the prominent one but like be the like you know how like James Bond always has like the action sequence at the beginning of a film and you get set up and you go. I would love to see the Clock King, like, in the very beginning. Like, I would like to see him versus Batman. Like, just a nice little, timely, like, this old man that just knows efficiency. And just, like, I'd love to see that. I don't know who you get to play that part, but I would love to see that in a Batman film. Um, not DiCaprio playing that part. Not until later. <laughs>
1: like, but
0: I don't know. I just, I don't, but that was the rumor that people really wanted him to be the Riddler.
1: Okay. I mean. Again,
0: not Jared Leto the Joker. Again, we keep, yeah, like, we're, away we're
1: way off of it. I yeah. I will say that like villain movies are hard to do because you're basically, and and there's kind of actually a piece of this to what we're going to talk about with Cobra Kai, where you're giving depth and dimension to somebody who is the villain of the piece, or at least in Cobra Kai's case, he was in the original. Um, so there's, there's certainly ways that you can do it, but I, I just feel like I don't know that anybody was like walking like people from what I've heard about Suicide Squad people loved Harley Quinn. I didn't hear that many people going, "You know what I need? A Joker movie." Like,
0: yeah, but I mean like that that's fair. It isn't like we need a Killer Croc movie, which, you know, uh, like um
1: it's just speak for yourself. I, yeah, I I would
0: I'd be fine with that. It's you're right. It's just they tried to fit in this love story and like there's a segment in there whenever he and his gang are going somewhere I forget what's going on but they're all wearing like he's leading this gang and they're all wearing animal suits and one of them was wearing a Batman mask that looks like from the animated series okay. and it's really funny cuz it's like you didn't expect that showing up like in the okay. middle of all this. So there's a little bit there but his humor it's it's not like he has jokes it's just more like he just is like I don't know I don't know what makes a good joker in the sense of like you the, the Mark Hamill broke me for Joker's, like honestly, because like he is smart, but and he makes jokes that make him laugh.
1: Honestly, if he told me like, yeah, they're doing the Dark Knight Returns, and uh, Mark Hamill's gonna be the Joker, I'd be like, sign me up. Yeah, and, uh, like, they,
0: and make John Ham the Batman. I would be all about <laughs> that right now. No,
1: you you bring back Michael Keaton. That's fair, <laughs> just just not Josh Gad at all.
0: But yeah, you bring back Michael Keaton. I I would be okay now. I'd be okay with that, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I and I guess like if 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 Warner Brothers would actually let go of their creative freedom a little bit, because I feel like they're never going to have the same, uh, like situation that marvel has with kevin feige and like they kind of there's a marvel style we know there's a marvel style but it, a director that is smart enough that can can kind of like scribble within the lines a little bit like a james gunn um even uh the guy who did ant-man not not edgar Wright, but the guy who picked it up he's the one, peyton reed like yeah. you can have you can show yourself but still make a marvel film right the russo brothers showed they can yeah. they, they can do it I don't think DC and Warner Brothers is ever going to have that because they tried Zack Snyder's world and everybody just needed a hug, and that and Christopher Nolan oversaw that, so everybody needed a hug, and and then above a super serious hug, right? So, I think they almost need to kind of just break it apart and say, "Let's people just take chances and make some interesting films, and if it works, then bring it back together later."
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that like this is going to be a super frustrating summer for Warner Brothers where they're like. Okay, how much did Black Panther make? Yeah, how much is Infinity War making? Yeah, that's, and <laughs> they still have another movie coming down the pipe. Like, granted, I mean, there's no way Ant-Man and the Wasp is gonna match either of those films, but it's probably still gonna do pretty well. It's gonna do. It's <laughs> gonna make more
0: than the first one did. Yeah, you know, and we I'm, know that. Like, I mean, I think people are excited. I think, like, uh, like I was talking to uh, to Kevin, my co-host on Strange Highways. He watched Ant Man finally for the first time because he's not a big superhero guy, and he liked the movie. He's not like over the moon about it, but the fact that he enjoyed that and that's a very like that. I don't know. It's one of those things where he, you know, you watch that and then all of a sudden you see the trailers for Ant Man and the Wasp. It's like you kind of want to see more
1: of it. You know, like people are starting to get excited for that. I saw that he posted that he loved Winter Soldier, and I was like, how is that? That seems like the. I uh, granted, I I know Kevin very little. Like you know, I've you know he loves Exorcist too. So I'm like. (laughs) You know what I do know of him. I was surprised. I was like, "That's like the perfect movie." That of what I know of him, I'm like, "It's you know, yeah. got that feel of uh, you know a '70s film almost set in current day, and it, it's got Political that Manchurian, thriller." Yeah, yeah, like.
0: So yeah. Anyway, so there's a Marvel style. Uh, I, I just would like to see DC almost say, "We don't have a style, but we're going to pick interesting people." Could you? Could you imagine? And not this is ever going to happen, but you give me someone like David Fincher around the time of Fight Club making a Jared Leto... Well, Jared Leto was not Fight Club, but whatever. Yeah. um Like, make like a Joker movie, like, you give me David Fincher that age, then you have something interesting to me. You have... Because Fight Club dealt with chaos and anarchy. Like, you know, it just... Oh, that could be interesting. I
1: feel like... I feel like the Joker without Batman is, again, like peanut butter without jelly. Like, I don't know what story you tell. Like, that's the thing that I can't get my head around, is, is like, okay... <sighs> I know, like, and I actually saw it in an article recently that was like about a comic that was like, "Oh, you know, going back to the Killing Joke again." And I'm like, "All right, like, I love Killing Joke. It's one of my all time favorite stories. It's gotten the most beautiful art ever by Brian Bolin. The problem with it is, is that like it's 25, 27 years on at this point. Like, if we haven't done anything new with the Joker at this point, that we keep referencing that there's a problem and like, yeah that's fair i feel like okay once you get past doing the killing joke with a joker movie or whatever the new origin is or whatever their plan is where do you take it you know if you're like suddenly it's like oh it's the joker but this time he's in metropolis and like the whole movie is about him like outsmarting superman or whatever i'd be like Well that's a really interesting take i would never have seen that coming but I don't know, like, how you get away from the Joker without Batman.
0: But, I mean, it's almost it's the same thing, not quite, because that's much bigger. How are you going to make a Venom film without Spider-Man? Like, right. And, but we're seeing that happen, too. So, anyway, I, Jared Leto as a Joker, I think, needs to be given the chance. Just the same thing as we need to see Affleck as Batman without, like, all the other strings attached to it. Yeah. I would like to see them against each other. That would be wonderful. You know, they were both in Suicide Squad, not together. You know, like, whatever. Um and honestly, and by the way, if you get around seeing Suicide Squad, Will Smith as uh, Deadshot is pretty awesome, too. Like, it's it's Will Smith's charisma. He makes... Like, it, he's good, you know? Uh, him and, and um, uh, Harley Quinn, the actress that plays her, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. they deserved a much better movie than what was around them. Like, I'll say that, because they which, brought... They really brought it.
1: Which I know they're doing a Suicide Squad 2, two, I think, as well, or also, I should say. <laughs> Why not just make it Deadshot and Harley Quinn? I mean, I... I that seems to be. That like, seems fair to me. Yeah. You know, So,
0: anyway, uh, I know we didn't talk a whole lot about Jared Leto the Joker, but best of luck. Uh, me.
1: If, if if you think I'm wrong and you think that like you know there's a great movie to be made, and I'm not arguing if there isn't, I just don't know what you do with it. Like, yeah, please but, let us know. Yeah. Give me. I'm, give us your.
0: Send Steve all of your Joker film scripts. <laughs> he, he will read them. So all right. So next story. Uh This is. We'll just get to, like. Well. Uh, you know what? We'll just deal with the 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 jerky story here, and then we'll get to the one that you're more because we talk about all the things Steve loves and how they're breaking his heart. <laughs> this is kind of another one, kind of tangentially. So we found out recently, actually past couple of days, that this, the actress uh, Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose in the Last Jedi, Stephen Steve's favorite uh, Star Wars movie, um, just aside from Solo, uh, she <laughs> um, she deleted all of her Instagram posts because people, it's been. Hinted at that, like, people are just harassing her, and it's not just like it's more targeted because she's you know Asian American and she's a woman, and it's like all these things that, like, there, there's these people that hold Star Wars up in this high regard that think that this doesn't belong and they're just attacking her, and she's actually suffering like emotional harm from playing a character in a movie.
1: That's like unbelievably sad like i feel so bad for her like i can't imagine being an actor and being like hey you're gonna be in a star wars movie like that's a huge break and the fact that like she's gotta go off you know instagram and sort of retreat from you know trolls who are just pieces of garbage like that makes me sad like yeah we joke about the last jedi on here a lot but like you know, I would never, even if it was a, and this is not even Star Wars, even if I saw a movie with somebody that I didn't like in it, and, like, I would never go online and attack them. Like, well,
0: I, like as much as I do not like, and I, I'm talking about this, like, as much as I despise Ready Player One as a book and I, do, I don't think Urs Klein's a good writer I wouldn't go after him personally and be like how dare you you know like you know what is wrong with you you're a terrible person it's like I can I can disagree with the output but I'm never going to wish ill will towards the person
1: I do even believe even. that you put a hit online though <laughs> for Josh Gad <laughs> yeah for Josh okay
0: you know I just said all that about- No, <laughs> I did call him entertainment cancer I'm just saying Josh Gad might be a, a nice person like I, he fair, might though, be
1: he's a white guy who makes lots of money nah, I'm sure no, he's no, not no, I, that makes me sound hypocritical <laughs> no 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 let me Clarify,
0: I, you know, he's given opportunities, he's making his money. I don't want him near the things I like because I don't think he brings any value to it.
1: But you're not going you're, on his Instagram and telling no, him. No, no, like, <laughs> like you know, like, you know, I don't
0: know. Um, whatever. Like, I guess, I guess that does make me sound kind of like I'm talking about, so it's my mouth. But I feel like you can say, like, like, um, is there that not that we want to like turn this into a burn fest, but is there like if someone is there one particular actor or uh, something like if they were brought into a project that you love, you would be like, you know what, I'm good, I don't need this. Like, like if Jim Parsons of the the Big Bang Theory, I actually we'll, don't have a problem with him. So okay, well, but I, I I don't like the Big Bang Theory, so right. like I would be like, you know, if it's based upon him playing Sheldon or whatever his name is, um, I don't want that, you know. But I can't I can't fault him for making millions of dollars for doing something people
1: want to see, right? You know, um. I, you know, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I'm sure there's somebody that I'm like, oh, I don't want it, that person near, you know. <laughs> but at this point. What if those was are like, the joker? <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion of him because I haven't seen the movie. Okay, okay, the okay, only okay, reason yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the movie is because I've not heard great things. ah um, uh, you know i wish i could have a go-to that i could say like honestly because i think i have the next movie on my brain is or the next story that we have uh coming up on my brain but um the uh actress who plays tina in halloween five and i think it's the only movie she's done so a i would never like publicly attack her but like she, she ruins that movie for me. So like that's one of those things where I'm like, every time, well, that's not fair because that movie's terrible anyways. Whether her involvement was in it or is that not. the one Paul Rudd in it? No, that's six. Oh, okay. But,
0: I was like, don't be, don't be uh, knocking Paul Rudd. Like he, you know. Anyway. Like
1: I, I honestly, I don't understand like. I don't understand the point of going online and, like... Because I've seen this, too, with artists where, like... Because I follow a lot of comic artists where, where people will, like, you know, attack them online or whatever. And it's like, don't take any extra effort out to go tell somebody that you don't like them. Like... Yeah. You know? I mean, it's fine if you don't like the work. But, like, what are you getting out of telling them, like, A, I don't like what you're doing? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't get that mentality. Like you can be critical of things. I mean, God knows I've been critical of Last Jedi. Her performance is not no. one of the things that I've no. ever been critical of, A. But like I would also never like, you know, and I, I mentioned this before we started talking about it because we were talking about what stories we we're gonna do. Uh, you know, I feel like Ahmed Best is sort of the victim of this as well. Like he was a guy who was like, I'm gonna be in a new Star Wars movie, the first Star Wars movie in sixteen years, and Jar Jar Binks kinda killed his career. Like, and I'm not like out there. Rallying for Jar Jar Binks to return, but like I feel like that guy hasn't got a lot of work because he's associated with that character.
0: That's the that's the next Star
1: Wars story. You don't know it's coming. <laughs> Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. Um, so I don't know. I I mean, here's the simple thing. You know, just stop being a douche on the internet. Like, yeah. I I I don't know what else to say. Like, it, it makes me sad that this is the world that we live in. And like, I don't want to get into too much about my political leanings but like I do feel like I was kind of asleep for a long time and I'm realizing now the culture that we're in a lot of the things that I thought weren't as big of a problem are big problems. Are and, you uh,
0: saying you're getting woke? Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I,
1: yeah, <laughs> maybe. But like I feel like you know racism was one of those things that I always like Built up in my head is like a big problem in the 60s, not so much these days. Yeah. And I'm finding out that I was, you know, in the last like five years, I've found out that like I was completely wrong. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel bad that she's got to deal with that. And for someone who like has got her big break, like she's got to deal with people attacking her well, over a movie. Even,
0: even, well, Ryan Johnson said that Rose was the secret weapon of The Last Jedi in the sense that like she was just like she was working on the, well, she wasn't a custodian, but she was not one of the forefront of the rebel Alliance. She was not like one of the leaders. She just happened to see what Finn was trying to like, you know, get out. And she's like, no, 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 We need to fix this. Cause she was one of the, like the people that she came from, like almost like a, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Dest- not destitute, but like, like forced labor. Cause she was raised as one of the, like the child workers that you see, like in the periphery of Canto bite. Right. So she, she spoke from a different perspective that, It's not something that you would have seen often in Star Wars, even though I'd argue Luke kind of had a similar upbringing. But he wasn't in forced labor. He was just a kid that lived on a, a sand planet, you know, wanted yeah. to shoot
1: womp rats. One um, of the 80 sand planets in the Star yeah, Wars universe. Yeah. Though. I just feel like like what is <laughs> up with like
0: why why is Star Wars universe is just like it's like sand planet, ice planet, sand planet, ice planet, fire planet, ice planet. Like there's no like well then uh, there so often there's like tree planet. Like there's no nothing yeah. else than city planet. Like <laughs> I like that George Lucas developed video game levels like bef- like there's a fire level before we knew of what a fire level was. Um, no, now that you said this, I just feel like I need to walk back my comment about Josh Gad. I never want to see him anywhere near anything I love. I don't, um, wish him ill will. So good. You know, Josh Gad, you were in pixels. Way to go. I'm never going to watch that
1: movie. And I'll end up watching (laughs) it next week. I did not mean to like like point that out. No, 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 no,
0: no, no. You make a good point that like I'm talking about Josh Gad as the presence, not Josh Gad as the person, you know, and I feel like that there's a difference there. Like, like I know people that don't like Will Ferrell as a, as a, as a comedian, like in terms of like anytime Will Ferrell's in a movie, they view it as kind of like that. That's my kryptonite. I don't want to go near that. While I'm not saying he's always had like great output. I, I am more a fan of Will Ferrell just to see what he's going to do next as opposed to, you know, because I his his brand of weird, I'm all about. I'm not saying it works all the time. Right. And some people don't like Jack Black. Like, I don't – I I can I can maybe see why. I still don't understand it because I think he's awesome, but
1: – I like Jack Black. I don't like some of the choices he makes sometimes. His, like his, his, range, he yeah. his
0: range is very limited. But if you're in it for what he does, it's great. I just, you know,
1: yeah. So I, I see that. But
0: but I don't think anybody should go – I. There, there is this, there is this weird thing where, if if some, I don't know, we, I didn't want to talk Star Wars a whole bunch because we just did like yeah. a lot, um, and, and this is a topic we'll keep coming back to, and I'm sure will encompass other shows. But there's a weird. There's a weird ownership of fandom, and this is just a weird ownership of ideas that was in somebody else's heads once that somehow you view as with more fiercely that you own as your own, and that if someone brings something different into it that you don't agree with, your reaction is to lash out and try to to destroy it. I don't understand, and that seems so anti-Star Wars.
1: Right. I mean, so I'm going to diverge off here for a second uh one of the things that kind of surprises me about just basically the how toxic fandom has become is that i grew up a kid like you know i'm i'm more into horror now than i ever was you know as a kid like it was just one of those things that i was into but it was never like the dominating thing uh whereas like i kind of love horror first and foremost over most things now um I mean, I love comic books, too, and I love Star Wars. And I love all that stuff, but I mean... And Lamp. You love Lamp. <laughs> I love <laughs> Lamp. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that, like, growing up, reading comic books, watching sci-fi, I had this viewpoint of, like, there were st- stories and things that were being told. Um, you can use the, um maybe as analogies or whatever, but, like a lot of them were about tolerance and about um, our society coming together. And, you know, Star Trek is a big allegory for what humankind can become. Um, and so I've kind of always had that in the back of my brain. And then, you know, it makes me... Because I, I just assume that people who are into things that I love have that same point of view. That
0: they came to it from... They, they approached it from the same background. like the pre- Right, yeah. a, a,
1: of tolerance and, yeah, like, yeah. you know... <laughs> But I don't understand the point of of attacking someone to the point of, and I mean, I guess, yeah, if you're a racist asshole, you're a racist asshole. Like, I, I don't know how else to put that. And I guess I'm getting <laughs> real, like, you know, I apologize well, no, no. for if my terminology. No, no, no. But if, if you're I,
0: taking the time out of your day to go to someone that's in a. In a a movie that is a fictional story right. that involves spaceships and laser swords. And you're upset about this whenever your biggest hero is a, is somebody that doesn't even have all their own body parts anymore and has a breathing problem. You know, like they, they don't know. Like, like I just, Think about your perspective, you right. know, like, and, and if, if your goal is to go to this person that, that was acting in this film and you just simply disagree because of maybe her ethnicity or the fact that, her, that she's not a dude, like I, I don't, that's the thing that just blows my mind is I don't understand, like, I, I mean, I'll have the conversation all day long that I think that there are a lot of opportunities for other representation in media and, that doesn't take away that, but would add to like, there was the big controversy about casting, um, you know, what's his face for iron fist that maybe that was your chance to maybe cast an Asian, uh, Asian American or an Asian actor in that role. And you could have done it. And like, people wouldn't have thought twice about it, but you cast, I forget the guy's name, but you know, Blondie McCurly face. And it's like, you know, there was people that were like, well, but Danny Rand's always been a white guy. It's like, well, who was writing these books back then? You know, like, right. I, and then the, the whole thing about like Donald Glover wanting to be Spider-Man and people lost their minds because Spider-Man can't be black. That is, I don't understand that, you know, and I just, it just seems like there's this weird, like just because a fictional character was one way that you can't say, hey, what if we do this? Maybe this opens up something in a completely new way. And there's a whole new level of appreciation or whatever, you know? Right.
1: So I mean, I'd mentioned that my problem with Last Jedi was is that I never thought that Luke would even con- contemplate killing his nephew in his sleep like that was my big bone to pick with that film but i didn't but his go his he on- was
0: kind of a dick though no, I'm just- <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i didn't go online and like rally against the film or like you know tell rian johnson he should kill himself like i, I you know i mean i love star wars but like I, there's also human decency in the fact that like it's a movie at the end of the day now i might spend 14 hours of my day thinking about star wars <laughs> But (laughs) you know, at the same time, like I, I don't know. I just, and again, we're going to talk about this with Cobra Kai. Maybe it's the anonymity of the internet and the feeling that you can just say whatever you want because there will be no consequences. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But well, there was even
0: there was even those. uh, You saw the stories of the people trying to coordinate to To have negative reviews of Black Panther to try to drive down its Rotten Tomatoes score right. because it was a predominantly black cast, and I like that. To me, is like I don't understand. It's like, um, is, it, is it a movie that you like? Then like it. Is it? Like, and and it's easy for me to say that I'm an overweight white guy, and I, I understand that I've not dealt with some of the representation issues in media, and I, I and I can't understand that because I'm not from. I've not dealt with that, but I I'm just saying that there's room for everybody and I don't understand why when one is successful that your your first reaction is well we gotta shit on it and so right. and so with, with her it's like I feel bad that she's the target like why if you're not happy with the direction of the franchise then maybe not spend money on Star Wars. If you want to let your dollar speak, you know that that that's that's yeah. important. Like you you have the decision as a consumer to decide what you consume. Whether you're <laughs> If your reasoning is because you're a racist asshole or because you just disagree with the story decision, whatever, you still have the power of your dollar to make that decision, you know. Yeah. But, you, but but then dragging it into, well, I'm going to physically harass this person or, like, try to poison the well for everybody else. That's when I, like, you know, I respect that you can make the decision to spend your money how you want to. Just don't try to ruin it for everybody else.
1: Right. I just, I... I don't know. It's an ugly piece of fandom, and I realized that I got a little deep on it. Uh... You got I, real. I got <laughs> Steve actually he turned his got he turned
0: his chair around backwards <laughs> and then turned his hat around backwards and sat on the chair and talked to you guys about that.
1: No, I just I I don't know. That's the kind of things that like baffle me. Like I just don't understand it. I don't I don't understand especially for like something like Black Panther, which is such a fun movie. Like how can you watch that movie and not like it? Like I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, I, I understand not liking a movie, I guess, but Never to the point where I'm gonna like go on and sling you know insults at the person in it.
0: Well, I didn't like Alien Covenant. I'm not gonna go attacking um uh, Jim Caviezel because he was (laughs) in it. Be like I'd be like Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, what were you doing? You know I I don't I'm not gonna go.
1: I heard Ridley Scott left Twitter because he (laughs) yeah yeah, because of me. I was just like Ridley Scott,
0: you should no like what no no. It's like I was disappointed. I wasn't happy, and I made my I used I. used my voice, I said it, You and people disagreed with me, and there was the debate, and I'm not saying they were right. I'm not saying I was right either. I was right. Not really. Whatever. Like, it's just, it is what it is, and it exists, and we discussed it, and I think that's part of the reason why this, sh- this show exists, is because Either we're gonna love a lot of things. There's things we're not gonna love, and you can have a discussion about it. And it's fine. But when you make it personal, right? And then again, I feel like the asshole because they called Josh Gad entertainment cancer earlier. Um, I just think that you know he he breaks down every production associated <laughs> okay with. But hey, you know whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We we've talked a lot about this. So, um, anyway, I mean, um, at the end yeah.
1: of the day, I just I, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. But also like. I don't know, it does dishearten me for, you know, the fact that, you know, a fandom, you know, all around, whether it's comics or Star Wars or whatever that I love, you know, there seems to be a, a, a portion, I guess, I was going to say a large portion, but we'll just say a portion of bad apples who seem to be, like, upsetting everyone else um, because they can't deal with whatever their issue is. Like, I just... I don't know. It's unfortunate.
0: uh, Which I think will be interesting to kind of, there's a little bit of that going into what we'll talk about in a second. So anyway, we've talked about news a lot because that's what we do here. I don't know if you know, whatever, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed
1: it. Half the show's news.
0: Half the show is us, you know, fumbling through a topic and then there'll be a game of some sort. So that's what we do here. Uh, So tomorrow, so we will not see this till tomorrow, so we can't comment about it in full, uh, there's going to be the first trailer for the new Halloween movie. So I didn't realize we're just traveling through like the the kingdom of Steve through all three. We of these are, stories, yeah. But yeah. Um, there was a teaser put up today. Um, let me uh, let's see. here. I want to. Yeah, good. So there's no there's no sound playing here, but we see. Uh, oh, there's stuff here I didn't even see. Uh, there, there's a lot of things going on in this this teaser. Yeah. But the, Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess, is wearing a wig of some sort. But
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely her Lori hair style from 40 years ago. Yeah grade
0: um so i know it's a teaser and it's really 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 hard to make a snap judgment uh did you, but you the, loved it well there's the one no, that, you loved it yeah i loved it <laughs> yeah you're like, you're like paul there's you just loved just it. one thing you get right tonight no um there was the one that uh, jamie lee Curtis. she posted on her instagram there was like a little bit longer of just her uh, there she was singing a song and then walking up to like like she has this like just like beat the shit house and there's like a dummy like like and she's out there and she just uses a handgun and starts like shooting it like in the head as she's singing yeah. the song. Like how do you feel about more of the Lori Strode being kind of more of like the hey, you know, something really bad happened once in my life. I'm pretty good if I isolate myself and know how to be a survival like I know how to take care of myself. How do you feel? That's kind of the vibe I'm getting is that she's seen some shit and she knows how to take care of herself.
2: Like, I
1: actually like that. Um, I mean, here's the thing. This is her second bite at trying to revisit the character. After a significant time away, a significant amount of time away. That's
0: fair because she did come back for H two O. She
1: came back for H two O, and like this movie is ignoring that. It's ignoring every movie after the the original. Um, but what I really like about this idea is that um, this Lori as opposed to and I, they're both interesting ways to approach the character. The Lori that we see in um, H two O. Is abusing alcohol and prescriptions and like, Activia. She, Act- Activia. <laughs> um, she's very much sort of um, living her life, not so much in fear, but she's still suffering quite a bit of post traumatic syndrome.
0: And her husband turned out to be like this FBI agent or whatever, like whatever.
1: Whatever <laughs> Schwarzenegger wasn't true lies. Her son turned out to be uh, the guy who turns into a vampire in <laughs> uh, uh, Thirty Days a Night. Yeah. Um. Uh, but um. When it comes to, you know, H two O, my feeling on that film was is that it was a decent movie, but it was a missed opportunity. Um, what this film has going for it is is that it seems to be so far knocking off all the things that are going to, at least in my book, make it a must see. Um, John Carpenter's involvement is number one. Number two, we're seeing Laurie kind of grizzled and sort of ready for this return. Three, we're seeing Nick Castle return as the shape. He hasn't played the shape since the original, so that's amazing. Um, and if you're w- wondering who the shape is, the shape is Michael Myers. Um, that's w- how he's referred to is in, in the script. So, um, But I, I kind of like the idea that she's just waiting for him. I like the idea she's kind of... Uh, Sarah Connor, I suppose, in Terminator Two, where- basically
0: like th- this is going to come back eventually. Right, you know, it's not done. Wouldn't it be great if you had Nick Castle killed Tyler Main or Taylor Main, whatever his <laughs> name is? Like he's just like a dude at a bar. It's like oh, oh, he's done now. Like that, that would be that'd be a nice handoff. And then there's just Kane Hodder. He just kills him too and moves along. He moves along the, <laughs> the bar. Not that Kane Hodder ever played Michael Myers, but I think it'd be funny. Um, yeah, this feels like I like. I mean, we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, as we get to it. The Halloween series has never really been one for continuity. It's kind of been all over the place.
1: Oh, yeah. And,
0: and H2O kind of just misses a lot of the middle entries. And so and then after H2O was uh, Halloween, Buster Rhymes, whatever what that was. Um, I think it's Resurrection. Sure. Um, and then that one kind of screws things up, too. So, I mean, sure. If this is the movie that everything kind of revolves around the first one and we get interesting stories... That's fine because this was never ever meant to be this kind of franchise to begin with. So yeah, bring it on. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see.
1: I didn't want to cut you off. I thought no, you I were- was I was I was about to burp because
0: I don't know. Halloween is brought to you by Coors Banquet Beer, <laughs> Golden yeah. Banquet Beer.
1: I'm I'm obviously very excited for it. Uh, everything seems to be in place for it, um, and. I don't know, like, you know, maybe I'm setting myself up for possible disappointment, but like right now, I can't be more excited. It, it looks like it's going to be, uh, no pun intended, a killer movie. So. Well, and it's
0: also a Blumhouse production, right? So right. It just, I, I can't, dis- like, I'm not saying everything they do is great, but. There's been a lot of good stuff,
1: you know. So I mean, their batting average is pretty good right now. Yeah, absolutely. So. so
0: yeah, we'll we'll be excited. I'm sure. I'm sure if the trailer is a complete shit show, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> you know, but right now we're excited and it's good. We're getting we're we're getting you know more Halloween like good Halloween. Well, good. We'll see. Cross fingers. But you know, Steve needs a win right now. Like so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, so yeah. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Uh, I hope that it's it's good. Although Hereditary comes out this week, and I, I'm yeah. hoping to catch that too because that looks amazing. So that
0: every, I've been I've been reading reviews just because I can't not read about Hereditary, and I'm not saying I know much because I don't. But I like anytime that everybody describes a movie as being like the scariest thing since you know whatever. I'm like, yeah, that can't be. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, but what if it is? And right. Then, so I'll go to the theater and I'm gonna do that thing where I'm just like, I'm not scared, and then the entire time I'm just gonna like always be like like waiting for the jump scare. Like, right. <laughs> like, so yeah, hereditary looks like it's gonna be awesome. And I know I know the Cleveland Cinemas is gonna be having it. I don't know where it's gonna be playing, but I, I want to see this in the theater and then I'm gonna immediately piss myself is what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so enough enough about uh, enough about pissing myself. Let's just get to uh, let's just get to uh, some Cobra Kai.
2: And now for our feature presentation. All
0: right, so after seven hours of news, finally we're getting to the main event, uh, Cobra Kai, the YouTube Red, not YouTube Reb, as I kept saying, it, uh, series based. Uh, it is a spiritual sequel series to the Karate Kid, um, and I forced Steve to watch this. Because uh, we were talking before the show, the Karate Kid is not something that you really held in like high, like high in your fandom of the eighties.
1: No, I mean it's a movie that I liked. Um, I think I might have actually seen it in the theater at least twice back in the early eighties, um, and I saw two in the theater, and I think I saw three in the theater as well. But it's not one that I. Hold a certain amount of nostalgia for, so I I like them, but I wasn't like something that I was itching for a revival of.
0: It's, it feels like what do you think of like the quintessential like underdog story? Like the '80s had a lot of these films, and I think maybe the Karate Kid was kind of like the one that spawned them all. You always had like like the kid that there's a fish out of water and then there's the weird like sport or talent that they're good at. But then there's the local opposition. Like my favorite of these is rad and we're not going to get a rad series <laughs> where it's the BMX racing.
1: You don't but know at this point, anything's possible. It's possible. Um So it,
0: you during the course of the show, there's been times where I'm like talking about, is it necessary to bring something back? Um And there's a lot of times where I don't think it's always the best thing. Like case in point, I've been hearing good things about this um, Jurassic World sequel actually. Like there's some really good reviews of this film. I didn't know if we necessarily needed a revival of like this, but it's coming and it's here in the second movie. Um, there's revival like other other films and stuff. I just but whenever YouTube said they're doing a sequel ish to the Karate Kid, a continuation of the story, I'm like, do we really need that? Right. And it's like, cause I mean It is. It is in the eighties. It is eighties as all get out. And I would much rather have a well done Lost Boys TV series, which I think they're working on that too, like something from that time that had saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just this is one of those things that it's like it 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 felt like it was perfectly good for its time. It didn't need to be brought back in any type of modern setting. And I just want to say, I am I'm eating my words. This series uh, here. We'll just. I mean, I'm sorry. I just got to say this. Do
2: you know why they are called
0: spoilers? If you guys have not watched this, you're doing yourself a disservice. The first two episodes are free on YouTube. Uh, YouTube Red, there's a free 30-day offer, like, subscription. Go, stop what you're doing. Stop listening to us talk about, like, things for an hour before we got to here. Watch this thing. It's maybe, like, what, five hours plus total to get through? Yeah. If you have any, any feeling about The Karate Kid, like, any type of love towards that movie, watch this series. It is it is way better than it has any right being i'm in love with with the series as goofy as it is at times and there are some goofy moments to it it is it is so goddamn good and i'm surprised
1: Yeah, I did not nearly expect to like it as much as I did. I had texted Paul after I watched the first two episodes, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like, I'm going to sit here and and jump in and watch a few more, and the the next thing I knew, I was on episode nine, and I'm like, (laughs) I guess I'm finishing this today. Um, I really, really dug this show, and it's, again, one of those things where you're like, do we really want a new Karate Kid, especially when both the... You know, the two stars are you know in their middle age at this point. Like it felt, it felt the- like
0: it could have been a cash grab. It could have right. just been like it could have been a parody. It could have just been more of the same. And there is a little bit of parody in it. Like it, it it's definitely winking towards you, right? Like um, I, I don't know. Like the one thing was that Daniel Russo for his family was making banana rama pancakes. Like that yeah. was one of those things where it's like it, it's it's a terrible joke, but I kind of loved it. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I, I just there's this bits like that, but it's like the whole. Like, the whole thing starts off, like, the series starts off. like And so, like I guess we should just say, like, I mean, there are going to be spoilers, but it, it starts with the end of the first film with um with Johnny facing off against Daniel at the All-Valley Karate Tournament. And it goes through the the the, the final segment. It kind of edits a little bit, and it makes it a little bit faster because the final segment's actually kind of long in the movie. But it goes through what happens. The thing that surprised me, and this is the thing that you may not know, like, they show, like, Johnny getting kicked in the face, and there's an above shot of him falling to the mat. And then it just kind of like lingers there, and then it moves to the future, like to now, right? I was like, "How did they make that happen?" There has to be body doubles. There has to be all this. Turns out that the director, the original director of the film, which you said his name, and I'm um, like John
1: G. Avildsen. Ab-
0: Ab- yeah, Avildsen. He actually shot days worth of material around the the tournament, and the producers and everybody of this, of this new show went back and found it all and used different angles that were not in the original, that were are not in the serious? film. I yeah. thought
1: that they had redone that. No,
0: it's all footage that they shot at the time. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, it was like, that's kind of one of the small details, but it's kind of badass. Right? right. And and I guess there's shots in the crowd of actually showing Billy Zabka, who plays Johnny Lawrence, his mother's in the crowd, like his actual mother. Oh, <laughs> so wow. So they actually show shots for her that's not in the film. <laughs> like, But but I, I was just like, how did they get like somebody to look like him? Because the, the shots are pretty convincing, and it turns yeah. out it was actually him. I thought that was wow. kind of awesome. And that kind of shows you the love that these guys had. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but no, if there's no, anything no. that can be said about this show is, is that whoever made this show loves the Karate Kid. Like, it's done. It's not a cash grab. It's certainly done with a lot of affection.
0: And the funny thing is the people that were the main producers behind this, which these guys, I, Her- Herzwitz and Schlossberg, uh, they're the ones behind the Harold and Kumar movies. Okay. Which those your mileage may vary. Like they've
1: only seen the first one and, and it was I okay. Didn't need to And
0: I've I've seen the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And have you seen the Christmas one? It's like, the, uh, Cal Penn and... um I like uh, uh John Cho. Yeah.
1: I like both of those They're actors. charismatic
0: carries those movies, and then Neil Patrick Harris kind of playing this weird, like, anti-Neil Patrick Harris. In right. those. Like, they're not the best movies, but they have their charm. So, again, when you hear these guys were attached to this, I'm like, this is going to be a winking, like, garbage, like, not another karate movie parody, and it's not. And it's like, I don't know, like... Some of the some of the the, the jokey things kind of show their way in, but like if you took the series that so if, if this whole thing was straight faced the entire time, it would not be fun, right? Um, so I think they found a little bit of a balance, you know, because right. I mean even the original Karate Kid film, like watching it again before watching the series, you know, it has its funny moments. Like I just like Pat Morita is awesome, like and, and he he is so no wonder he got nominated for an Oscar for his role in that. And there's legitimate humor that still works in that film. Um, but there's legitimate, like, conflict. And for being, like, a throwaway, like, coming-of-age movie that's all about karate and, like, how karate's magic, I don't know, um, it holds up pretty well. And then for this series, like, you kind of just got to check your brain at the door. And for some reason, karate's still, like, this all-important force in the valley. I don't understand how that happens, but whatever.
1: I don't know that it's so much that is important to the valley. I think it's in, there's still the tournament – um but i kind of want to go back to yeah. what you were saying about you know where we pick up with johnny because i think that's where the show really excels is yes. the character of johnny lawrence um and i posted this on facebook uh you know after watching a couple episodes i'm like i i kind of want johnny like i'm far more interested <laughs> in him than i am in daniel um and like a williams Zabka, who plays Johnny. For one, like, picking up a character that he hasn't played in 30 years, really wonderful performance. But B, just, like, he's really good in the show. Like, there's, you know... It it
0: takes a little bit for him to kind of get... Like, the the first couple episodes, it's like he's a little... A little, there's a little bit of delivery that's weird, but he gets into it, and then he gets to his skin, and he just goes full tilt, and right. I and I dig it. And all oh, by the way, this segment's brought to you by uh, Coors Banquet beer, <laughs> Gold Banquet beer, because that's 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 the choice that's the beer, choice beer of, of, Johnny, of Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> like you see it so much in the series, that you're like, like, but it's always kind of viewed as him being like this washed up drunk. So right. I don't know if Coors paid money for that but if they did i gave them eight dollars for this, like, this i do beer.
1: wonder if they're like yeah we'll sponsor the show for x amount of dollars as long as you f- you know feature us i don't know that it's a lovingly way to feature Coors, but it's in it a lot Yeah,
0: because the very first thing he wakes up like um, uh johnny wakes up like his alarm's going off and he's kind of hung over the first thing he does is grab a Coors, and he goes to drink it and spits it out and then because it's like he's disgusted by like the warm beer flavor warm flat beer and then he pauses for a minute and then starts drinking,
1: drinking it anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but you see this character who you see in the original film is supposedly this rich kid that has had everything handed to him. And so the the reason the series works to Steve's right is the juxtaposition that it seems like in, in almost an 80s kind of way, the moment... La Russa's foot hits Johnny in the face, their lives change places right. in a lot of ways. Right. So you have Johnny kind of go on and you kind of, they fill in the gaps as they go along, which I, I'm glad that they didn't give you everything from the start, but he is this guy who's living in this like shitty apartment. He's basically a maintenance man. He's basically like the yeah. dark version of Mr. Miyagi in this, where he doesn't give a shit, but he's doing these odd jobs and he knows karate. doesn't care about anybody. has this beat up firebird and he has a tape deck and he goes around listening to like, you know, uh, Power Rock from the 80s. Why He's a guy it? who's yeah.
1: stuck in his teenage yeah. years. Yeah. Did, did
0: you like the movie that he was watching that yes. he got really, really just sad and like involved with? Like and here, this is to you, Jeff. He was watching Iron Eagle and just getting so like into it. I I lost my mind watching that. Not because of the reference, but it's more like we've joked about Iron Eagle kind of being the inferior Top Gun. And here, and here, and it's basically a kid with the talent flying jet planes or whatever. And it's like yeah. he's really getting an
1: Iron Eagle. <laughs> like, and then there's and a, it comes he, back again. Like they show him watching it, it twice can, yeah. in the show.
0: Uh, and then there's a bit like, you know, then the a commercial happens and then it shows the other half of the series, which is uh, Daniel LaRusso has moved on to be quite successful, having multiple car dealerships. And his whole gimmick is that he chops the prices down or whatever. And like he is the karate guy and he always gives yeah. everybody, everybody that buys a car gets a bonsai tree from him. And it's like it's it's very much self-parody, but then you get a view of his life. And he still, and even though like he's a car dealer guy and whatever, it's like he kind of uses this as like his on like his like this is the lessons I've learned. I want to pass right. these on. So he realizes it's not just a gimmick. It's kind of something he believes in. And I thought that was interesting too because he's not necessarily the bad guy in the show, but he never thinks of himself other than the good guy.
1: What I liked though was is that like there's a scene where somebody comes in to talk to him about marketing, and like he, he to him like. You know the things that are important to him. Uh, you know the lessons that Miyagi had taught him, and the bonsai tree, and all that good stuff is what he's using to like as part of his persona for his auto dealership. But then people are like, it's just a gimmick, and he realizes that like people don't realize that it's something that's genuine coming from him. That you know they may think that it's just you know a garbage gimmick that he's using to get customers.
0: It, it, well, the 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 series is pointing out that both Johnny and Daniel. Are experiencing situations in their midlife where they're not getting respect, right? And and how they both go about it and, and gaining respect again uh, in different ways, right? So like Johnny, like you know, it was never as best as never as good as it was as the moment that he was like in Cobra Kai and you know that asshole that went around beating up kids and whatever. And we'll talk about how his his version of events are a little different than what you what, what you think you know. Um, and he just kind of gets pushed and gets pushed and gets pushed. And then something happens where he drives to the All Valley uh, Arena, yeah. And as he's like waiting, like looking at the arena and kind of like going through a flashback in his head, almost Rocky Four style of everything going on, his his uh his sweet ride gets obliterated by this SUV that's full of the, these Valley girls, and it's a hit and run that go off. And so then uh, his car gets towed, ends up at a LaRusso, um, uh, you know, auto dealership, and that's where they face off again. And then you start to see how far apart they are, you know? And- yeah.
1: And this is the part w- where I struggle with Daniel's character a little bit in the show is that, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, the struggle that they are showing with Daniel isn't nearly as interesting to me as what's going on with, with uh, I was going to call him William, uh, with Johnny. Um, And there's a line, and it was actually in, like, a lot of the trailers for the show, where he's recounting, like, so in the show, uh, I'm going to step back a second, Daniel has a cousin who's a douche basically yeah, there's no Linny? other way to, i don't know is Vinny? Yeah. something
0: a, 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 italian cousin yeah my my cousin Vinny. i don't know why i want to say that but that's not right
1: but <laughs> like if you'll remember him if you saw the trailer where he's like hey isn't this the guy whose ass you kicked Yeah, and then you know daniel says well if you want to be tactical i kicked him in the face and i i I felt like that didn't feel quite as humble as Daniel would be in that moment. I feel like he would have said something along the lines of like, that fight could have gone either way, Yeah, but I came out, you know, the victor or whatever. I f- it felt a little too, I don't know, it felt a little douchey for Daniel for and, me. And I
0: agree with that, but I, I feel like that is something that's been his character for the series. And to, and to give credit to the people that probably went to Ralph Macchio and, 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 and William Zadka and said, hey, here's our take on this. Macho could have walked away and been like, that's not, that's not Daniel. Yeah. And I figure he needs to get his ego checked, which it kind of happens through the whole season a little yeah. bit too. And it's like he kind of almost uses kind of a joke. It's like that was years ago. But you know, that's what kind of put me here. So yeah, I kicked you in the like the whole thing. And then yeah. he even offers the olive branch of basically saying, Hey, you're Firebird it costs too much to repair it you know like you should total it or whatever
1: but even that feels a little douchey it does like you know oh you can't afford this i can tell by looking at you you can't afford what this is going to cost so and it's
0: just it's just eating at johnny he just wants out like you you respect the whole thing of like he has the hoodie on he's like can i just get my car i just want to go you know type of thing and then you find out that he has a stepfather uh played by uh, santa claus i'm sorry ed esner Uh, who basically uh, he is trying to buy Johnny out of his life, you know, and and I'm kind of jumping through some of the story hoops here, but you find out there's a lot of story packed in it. We're
1: still in the first episode too. actually
0: we are. Yeah. So he has this long shadow of entitlement that he's trying to get out from underneath, but he's not been the most responsible person, but he also feels like he deserves a little bit of respect. Right. Right. So, so he starts kind of like his gear start grinding and he's like, I got to do something about this. So he decides to open up a new dojo.
1: And, yeah, yeah, and that's after he defends a kid who lives in his building from four people who are, are going to beat the crap out of him. Um, and he sort of sees that as a way to give direction to kids who are, you know, looking for something. Because there's a flashback later in the series to where we see Johnny first discovering the Cobra Kai and uh, the impetus behind that is is sort of him wanting to pass that along to kids who don't have that in some way, but at the same time he's still Johnny, so he he's still like I I, I don't know how to put it like he's still kind of a bully in some ways, but like he's a
0: bully, but he's he's disgusted with the modern world, and, right? And, but
1: but he's, he's disgusted in
0: ways that are interesting, like right. Like you texted me about so the the kid we're talking about that you, they're, they're, his name's uh, um. Miguel Diaz in the show, but his name's uh, was it, uh, Zolo. I, I cannot pronounce his name. I apologize. It looks but,
1: like Madronera. Yeah,
0: you. Good, good, congratulations, you did that Maradina. better than me. Yeah, I, um, but he is kind of bullied by the other high school kids. Which I'm going to say that I'll also give credit to the series that they didn't take away from the high school drama, which is what you get in the Karate Kids. You get this fish out of water, and then that uh, that high school kids are assholes and they're terrible, and this. Whoever was writing the bulk of the series really, really got probably like I mean what I'm not I graduated high school I'm not going to say the year it was a while ago but I didn't have to deal with social media and there's this whole big like there's much bigger reverberations for your actions now than there was even in the time of the original Karate Kid right so you have Miguel who. You know he's, he's
1: essentially the avatar for Daniel in the first movie in the sense he that. is. He's
0: just trying to help his his grandmother and he's buying Pepto-Bismol. and these these asshole kids are they 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 go to they beat him up and then and then they 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 throw him on the Pontiac and then uh you know Johnny's like, watch the car, even though the paint's peeling, and then he kicks all the kids' asses, which is like cause they, they're aggressive towards him and he defends himself and just like spin kicks like good on William Zabka. He looks like he could pull off all these moves still that I could never pull off no matter what age I am um but he gets like kind of empowered like i this is this is what i'm meant to do and miguel keeps like teach he says teach me and he's like i'm not going to teach you i don't care but then it occurs to him like this is my way up and out is to go back to the things i know and it's kind of a comedy of errors how he opens this dojo in like a strip mall Like 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 not strip mall, but like um like um, a convenience store mall. mall. And how he doesn't understand that you need insurance and that you need to meet all these different things, but he's all about like we got to get this cobra up on the wall and we got to get the the motto the you know strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And then he's teaching Miguel, who's his only student, and Miguel's a nice kid. Yeah. Um, And his arc. Like me, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little second because he is the heart of the show, but then it gets dark at the end. Yeah. Um, very Vader like, by the way. I, I kind of, you know, sure. More, more Anakin Vader there. Um, but I like that his problems, Johnny is viewing them through the lens of Johnny of the 80s. And so he says things that are kind of wrong. And then, but you start to understand his thought process is that he's not right. But you can see why he's angry with the way that things are. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying I sympathize with him in a lot of ways, but but you kind of cheer for him to figure it out.
1: What I like about the scene where he's kicking the shit out of the kids is, is that he's he kind of like hurts himself a little bit, but he's also kind of amazed that he can still do it. Yeah, because I think he like he hits the one dude first and then like realizes that it, it kind of hurt for him to do that. Yeah. But then, like he's like, wait, I can still do it. So, like he starts whipping the rest of them, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to see. He's kind of pained doing it, but he's also sort of amazed at the same time that he still can do it. Um, and you kind of get the feeling that maybe he hasn't done this in a while. And I really liked that aspect of it. Um, you know, going a little bit further with, you know, after that scene, once he does open the dojo, um, it takes a while for him to get students. But he's even. You know, you spoke to him being stuck in the eighties. Like he's trying to advertise by putting up flyers and
0: <laughs> Yeah, like like there's the whole thing where he's walking around me like, Hey, well there karate he goes to this basketball court, and these two guys are like, sure, we'll take this flyer from this creepo. <laughs> like basically, like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, What? And like he can't understand. And it's like any like it's it's played for comedy and it's funny.
1: He's sort of wonderfully stuck in the eighties.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it, it is funny, but like it could have been it could have been a laughing stock. It's just yeah. more like he just needs to adjust rest of the times Um, and I and I respect that and like the whole thing too later on whenever um, oh the the character's name because there's a whole other subset of like the high school kids in this too with like Miguel uh, there what's her name Um, Aisha Uh, she's the one that's bullied a lot by, like, the rich, pretty girls. And then when she shows up, he was like, there can't be girls allowed in Cobra Kai. And Miguel's like, what are you doing with the gender identification? Like, she, you know, like, basically, he's like, it's 2018. You need to figure this out. And he's like, by the way, you need money. And he's like, upon further review, we're allowed allowed girls in the Cobra (laughs) Kai.
1: What I like about that first is, like, he's like, hey, you you can't stand to turn another student away. I'm your only student, Yeah, like, one. Uh, two uh, women are equal to men in in today's world like the stuff that you grew up with isn't really what holds water anymore yeah and then three the fact that like johnny walks out and he's like all right i understand you want to be cobra kai but you got to tell me a little bit about yourself and why you want to join and she goes in and she tells this sort of story that would horrify anyone like about being bullied online and kids telling her to kill herself anonymously but what I liked about Johnny's response wasn't so much that she was being bullied. Like his his response isn't horror over the things that are being said to her. It's that they're being done anonymously. Yeah, and he calls it's, today's kids. Yeah, he's it's, like, it's weak. Your your generation's a bunch of pussies. And <laughs> like, <laughs> it
0: was like, 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 it's just uh, it, 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 he was mad that they did that. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you how to fight back. And it right. Was like, it, he never ever once said that they were wrong. It was just like he just didn't like the way that they were doing it. And I'm not saying what they did was right because it's not because uh, the way that they went about treating this girl was very, very mean girlish. Yeah, very, it was very awful. Yeah,
1: But at the same time, his response was very much the response that you would expect from his character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I liked about it was that they could have gone the sentimental route because any anybody who would hear that story would be horrified except for Johnny Lawrence who's just like he's more just mystified. Yeah, he's mad that like... Uh, she's being attacked anonymously and not to her face.
0: <laughs> well, and like there was some other other outcast kids. Uh, there was one. He had um, a lip scar because he um, had a birth defect that was fixed. Cleft palate. And yeah, cleft yeah. palate. Yeah. And so uh, something eventually happens where Miguel ends up like being a viral sensation because he fights these um, these jerks in the cafeteria, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" And it was almost like it's yeah. almost like a Peter Piker, Peter Peter Piker Peter Parker Spider Man moment of like, "Wow, this kid's a
1: badass!" Right. That you know? was the first thing I thought of too. Yeah.
0: And so. All of a sudden, like Cobra Kai is like all oh, these kids are showing up, right? But he he's picking on this kid with this lip scar. Who in the first part of the series you don't see him talk, you yeah. know And then eventually he keeps he keeps calling him a uh, scar or something. He or, calls him uh, lip lip, yeah. And he leaves the dojo, and Miguel's like, "You are losing students. You need to. They, they want to learn." And he's like, basically like, if they're not tough enough, they don't belong. And then the kid with the scarf shows up with this like crazy, like neon green mohawk. And and he is like he's just changed his appearance because basically Johnny's like, you know, change it up, like get an eye patch or something to yeah, draw his, away from the scar.
1: <laughs> his whole point is like, you know, if you don't want people making fun of your scar, do something that'll take attention away from mm. it. So the kid comes back like you just think that the kid gave up, but he comes back with this like mohawk. I believe it's dyed blue as uh, well. Blue, yeah. And, and he he he's like changed s- his name to Hawk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like he just dove into the 80s head first, Right. right? Like, and it's and so he did but the whole thing is like he did. He did what Johnny said
1: and, and it worked for him. It worked, him. you know. And
0: <laughs> and so like it's just this whole thing of like it, so as Johnny is kind of gaining influence on these kids, uh, you got Daniel who is very like like successful. Nice house, really nice house. Yeah. Um and his wife who, you know, she's like I, I the, the the his wife, I whatever her name is, I feel bad.
1: Not his, Elizabeth Shue is not her name. Elizabeth Shue.
0: Um what is her name? Uh, anyway, she is actually uh, Amanda is the character's name, but uh, Courtney Hingler. Uh, uh, Heng- yeah. Uh, anyway, she's actually a really interesting character too because she's new to the series, and she's a partner of Daniels in the in the dealership, and she kind of is also like, why are you getting so worked up about some of this stuff? But yeah, like, but you see Daniel's life, and he has a, a, a he has a son who is. Just a waste of life. I don't care. That kid annoyed me. He really annoyed I, me.
1: I was hoping that they were setting something up with it because it doesn't pay off in the first no. season. But yeah, his son is kind of a, a. I don't even know how to put it. Like he's a spoiled brat. He's just
0: a little overweight kid that is supposed to play video games, and it's like, and and it, you get the idea of because he since, treats his
1: parents like servants.
0: Yeah, and the whole thing is like since Daniel gave him like every everything that he just, didn't have. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but the daughter, uh, the, the the older sister that um, you know, to him, uh, her name is um, Samantha. And she was interesting just in the, in the sense because she was also accepted by the rich girls and was friends with Aisha. But she made some decisions to be accepted by the rich girls. And there's all that tension. But you also get the idea that, like, Daniel had like a bond with her because she was all about karate until a certain point that she kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. Um, but so you have Daniel, like, he has these interests and he has these things he wants to kind of express still. But he's now just family man, like dealership guy, and people believe he's kind of a hoax. So he's losing respect there too. And he has his his uh his cousin and other people that are like related to him working for his dealership, and they're not taking him seriously. And so there becomes this big like um clash where Johnny wants respect, so he goes out and gets it and grabs it. But then Daniel wants respect, but he sees the thing that held him down in high school starting to show up again and he views it's his mission to, to squish it at like every possible corner and avenue
1: the, there's a great moment that his wife has because basically daniel realizes that he can't stop cobra kai from coming back but what he can do is is he can use his business contacts to try and put it out and what he does is is he reaches out to the guy who owns the strip mall and sort of plants a seed in his mind that everyone in that strip mall is paying less than um, market value for their space. And he basically gets uh, Johnny's rent doubled for the dojo. <laughs> but his wife has a moment where she's like, did you even consider like all the other businesses that are there that you're screwing over? Like, I understand that you have a vendetta against this guy and you don't like him. But at the same time, did you consider the fact that like there are other businesses in there that you're now hurting? And I really like that moment where he's just like he doesn't even realize that like he's, you know, hurting other people just to try to get back at Johnny. And I, I thought that that was a smart moment for him to for a for his wife to point out like, hey, I understand that this is important to you, but you're ruining other people at the same time. Yeah. And like maybe you just should let go and let bygones be got bygones or find another way to address this problem that you have with this guy that you fought in high school because they his kids also kind of make fun of him a little bit where they're like because he tells a story about how he was chased down the, the cliff on his bike and pushed in all this stuff and like i think his mom who pops up the same actress from the first film pops up as his mom like 30 years later yeah um and she's like you know when they pushed you down that hill and his kids are like wait you said it was a cliff <laughs> yeah
0: like there, there's uh, there's some nice exaggeration there now. I like that. Uh, and then so then Daniel decides to focus his energy on training a new hire at uh like in the ways of martial arts at LaRusso Motors, which I got it. Like, this
1: is where I think this, this show goes a little astray. A
0: little bit. So so you find out that Johnny and it's actually even shown in the first episode that he has a son um, because you see him as like a 10 year old soccer or whatever. And so, you know, he has a kid out there and then you find out that this kid is like high school age and, and just. Just a like hell on earth, like uh, just smart, but like too smart for his own good. Always in trouble. Um, you find out that like that, that that this kid's mother, you know Johnny's ex wife. I think they were married. Um, I don't think they were. I thought uh, yeah, that maybe they not. were yeah. just. She's const- She's a gold digger. She is a gold digger. Is what yeah. she is. And so this kid's kind of left to his devices. And what is his name? Um, it is.
1: He looks something. like Ryder Strong from uh, Boy Meets World.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was it Robbie? Is that it? Yeah, Robbie Keane is his actual character's name. And so Robbie, at first, turns out he seems kind of like an antagonist, like he's going to be a thorn in the side of his father. Yeah. And then there's a weird turn because he showed a little bit of, like, not respect, but, like, you know, that someone gives a shit about him. And Daniel spent
1: some time with him, basically. And then all of a
0: sudden, he's like, oh, I just want to do so good. <laughs> like, that was the weird. And he had, like, he had weird, like, um, slick back hair, like he was. Uh, Oh, what's-his-face from Lawnmower Man, um, the the Jeff Fahey? Yeah, he has a Jeff Behe look <laughs> a little bit with like, like the completely combed back hair, right? Like I don't know what, what it was. I but like I,
1: how you go Jeff Behe. I go Ryder Strong from yeah, Boy Meets World. But, but
0: I like how I say Lawnmower Man and you say Jeff <laughs>
1: But So
0: I was waiting for that to be more of a wild card, and it does kind of come into play later, but inadvertently because this kid doesn't tell Daniel that he's the son of Johnny because he wants Johnny to find out later yeah. to stick it in his face like I'm working for your competition and I'm doing good and this is going to burn you up. Um, so he ends up learning like you know Daniel ends up teaching him like the Miyagi style of karate and then while Johnny's teaching Miguel who is basically a surrogate son like the Cobra Kai style and then it all goes down to the All Valley tournament because all roads lead to the All Valley tournament for karate.
1: Yes. Yeah. It is the epitome. It's the blood sport of California (laughs) uh, karate sports.
0: So it's just there. This kind of keeps weaving back and forth. Like you said, you're cheering for Johnny because you want him to have success, and he's starting to kind of figure out things that like he doesn't need. He needs to he, – he one, he wanted to connect with the son again and that didn't quite work out. And then two, he needs to, to cut all ties with his stepfather and basically pay him back the money and be like, we're square. I'm going to be my own man now. And he's starting to kind of get like the self-respect and get this place in the world again. And at the same time, Daniel is also trying to find his place in the world again, and he's starting to lean back into more of the karate, like, finding balance in life. Yeah. And th- this is all done really, really, really well, but they still hate each other, like, even though they have a lot more common than they don't.
1: Well, that that's what leads me to my next point. So, uh, again, we go back to Daniel's – this is a character that I think could have been left out of the series, but I understand why he's there. Daniel's cousin – Um, Goes to retaliate against Johnny because earlier in the show, um, there was a billboard of Daniel that was graffitied and they found Cobra Kai flyers on the site. Like, um,
0: up on top of the billboard, and also a pile of shit that the one yeah. guy's like, "Why did I step a dog shit?" He's like, "A dog." So you get the idea that Johnny Johnny was angry and just took a shit on top of the billboard while painting a large dick going into Daniel's mouth. Like,
1: yes, I, I was being a little bit more delicate. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he yeah. painted a gigantic dick on uh, Daniel's billboard. Yeah. But the the guy who played, or I shouldn't. Daniel's cousin um, makes a boneheaded move and decides to destroy Johnny's car after he does that Johnny shows up at Daniel's house and says like I can't believe you destroyed my car like seriously um, and they end up having breakfast together which I thought was kind of nice that his <laughs> wife is like yeah you two are a little bit old to be out here trying to have Yeah, because they're about to get into this fight yeah and they're,
0: they're at each other's throat and, the, and, the, and his wife is like. Can you guys talk about the sort of breakfast and then <laughs> and the giant's like, I could eat <laughs> like, and then they go inside and he's like asking where the ketchup is and everything, just being like the, like just kind of like a, a bad house guest. Yeah, and like the entire time and like Daniel's like, I just can't stand this guy. <laughs> like
1: but that leads into the next part of the the, the episode that I really like is that um, Johnny and uh, Daniel decide to go get Johnny a new car. And his wife makes a suggestion. She's like, if we destroyed his car or your idiot cousin destroyed his car, let's just give him something off the lot that's you know used, but you know that's going to be a, a workable replacement for his car. So Johnny finds, a, I think it's a Dodge Charger. Yeah, no, uh, Challenger. But yeah, yeah, Challenger. Um, and he's like, well, let's, let's try this one out. <laughs> And uh, so him and Daniel go out, and then Johnny's like, I could go for a drink. And he takes Daniel to a bar. He's
0: playing REO Speedwagon. They both get into it. (laughs) Like They start singing Speedwagon as they're going
1: along. And there's this wonderful conversation that they have, and I think it's what I really like about the series is, is that throughout the series, you get glimpses of Johnny's story in the sense that like, you see Karate Kid sort of from his perspective to him. Daniel's the guy who showed up that even though he was a douche and he doesn't realize it, but, but Daniel was the guy who showed up and stole his girlfriend and then beat him at the tournament. So like, even though a lot of it's by his own fault in hand, he still thinks of Daniel as the guy who just showed up and ruined his life. But like he and Daniel end up going and having a drink and Daniel at first is not interested in having a drink, but like as soon as they start talking about Allie, who is Elizabeth Shue's character in the first movie, they, Daniel's like, you know what? Give me a martini. And they start drinking together. And there's a wonderful moment right before things go bad again where they're coming back to Daniel's house. And they're having a conversation. And you don't hear them exactly say what the conversation is. But you know as soon as they make the reference. Because... Daniel's like, no, I get it. It, It's like Rocky 3. And he's like, no, it wouldn't be exactly like Rocky 3. But I think you and I just, no crowd, no. And he's like, no, I get it. Like Rocky 3. And he's like, no, no, not like Rocky 3. But it was really funny (laughs) where we were just all
0: about to have a throwdown again. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it was a wonderful moment where you're like, oh, they're going to have the Apollo Rocky moment. Um, But then it goes south. But like, I.
0: I, I like that the Rocky films exist in their world, but the yeah. Karate Kid films don't exist in Rocky's world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I, I like that. It's like and then but of course, like and even the producers of the show said, you know, they said, We know eventually Johnny and Daniel have to show down, but yeah. if you did that early enough, then you don't have a show. And right. it's like and I kind of respect that. It's almost kind of like a Game of Thrones, like long game kind of view to it. So you have all these like these threads that go through the tournaments, and then you have you have Johnny. Um, with his crew of Cobra Kai, which he had to fight to get back into the tournament, because his the previous uh, sensei, crease uh, uh, yes. John, John crease, whatever, yes. um, is the one that was like ordering to sweep the leg and hurt everybody. And that put a black eye on the Cobra Kai, which I didn't mean to rhyme, but that happened and they weren't allowed in the tournament <laughs> and they, he flies way back in. It turns out Daniel was on the committee and it just became this whole thing. It was also another thing that felt like if, whenever you saw him show up to the committee meeting, it's like, Oh, of course Daniel's on this board for this. Right. right? And then even when he shows up the tournament, they have the different banners from the different years, victors it was cool seeing the crane position of him like yeah. it's all it's all on the nose but it's like you know people that the greatest thing they ever did was when they were in high school and that's what they're known for you right. know and, and of course if that's the greatest thing they're known for and everyone kind of recognizes that like that legend why you know it's i don't i'm not blaming somebody for going back to that it's the al Bundy four touchdowns in one game like right. you you're celebrated, go, You. this is your wheelhouse, go deal with it, right? And I like that. But you have the tournament, and then you realize that, like, as much as Johnny wants this, and the lessons he's imparted upon his people, like, his kids they are taking it further than he feels comfortable with now. And I think that's the interesting turn yeah. is that they're they're doing the things that...
1: He did, basically. That
0: he did, but under duress because he was directed by a sensei, and they misunderstood what he meant. He was like, no, no, no. He's like, do whatever you gotta do, but don't be dirty about it. But the kid's... We're taking these chances of being. They were. I mean,
1: I th- yeah, I think that is interesting. That at the end of Karate Kid, I think we gloss over that because Johnny's such an asshole throughout the entire movie. Is that like when he's told to like fight dirty, he's like he's questioning it. He doesn't want to do it. Yeah, and we also see the re- repercussions of that at the very beginning of Karate Kid Two, where they're which in they flash the back lot. to in the series, yeah. where
0: yeah, Kreese is like choking him out and breaking his trophy.
1: Yeah, and yeah. what's interesting to me is is that like. The movie or the show leans a little too hard in the movie sometimes where it's like, okay, we get it. We remember this. Like,
0: I was surprised at how many times they did flashbacks to the films. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but it's like that was it was interesting because it's like, wow, they're really because after just watching <laughs> after just watching the first film and then they did flashback to the second just because of the the altercation in the parking lot. And and they actually acknowledge the other two films yeah. as well. But they, you know, the, the main heart of the story is Daniel. Daniel. And Billy, and, 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 and Billy, sorry, Johnny, Billy is his real name, uh, and Johnny, because I, I don't think Johnny played much of a role in the the rest of the film series.
1: No, yeah. after that scene in the second, which oddly enough, if I remember correctly, was supposed to be in the first film, and they just decided, since they didn't use it in the first film, to open the second one with it. That makes
0: sense, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, he's non-existent because he's not in the third one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the
0: third one dealt with with uh, Daniel fighting a guy who wanted to pollute stuff or something, yeah. if I remember right. Like, it was him. He was Captain Planet fighting whatever, right? <laughs> so, and they actually mentioned that that guy's name at some point in the series. I forget, but they dropped the name. Um, but yeah, so, so you have this whole thing where it's like, you know, he was under duress to perform because his sensei told him to do this. And then these kids kind of, they just do it. And it was like... Um, it was, and he has this moment of like, he gets his victory. And even though, and it turns out the final showdowns between Miguel, who at this point, he has a huge chip on his shoulder towards his girlfriend, which happens to be Daniel's daughter, which we talked about for a second. And that's a whole thing. And, And I'm not saying that relationship wasn't earned and it was nice, but it had kind of a Romeo and Juliet vibe to it because he's Cobra Kai. She knows he's Cobra Kai and she doesn't want her dad knowing that she's dating a Cobra Kai. Right. But then he misunderstands some of the things going on in front of him because, Johnny's son is trying to be helpful, but then I, that's a little murky. But it's high school. I let it go, you yeah. know. But he's not willing to listen it's to not reason. The detail
1: that you're going to get hung up on no. and be like, I'm done with this show.
0: So it becomes Miguel versus um, uh, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, Robbie. You know, lawnmower man's son. Uh, he get you know whatever. Jeff you know, Fahey. for yeah, those of you playing. Jeff home. Fahey. <laughs> So it becomes that showdown and it's like, you know, and it doesn't go the way that you think it would. And I like that it subverted everything. But Daniel LaRusso just kind of sees that Cobra Kai wins out, and, and it's basically he views that that Johnny's like finally got the thing he wanted. Right. And, but then Johnny's also like, I got the victory, but at what cost?
1: Right. Like and he's it's like, kind that's... of lost his son even more than he thought he had before. And he's losing his
0: his his dojo. You know, right. he's losing his students that's a really interesting, challenging moment. I really, I like that conflict. That just felt human and real. And and, and William Zabka really just, he sold it. And I thought that was awesome. You know, Yeah,
1: I, if there's one takeaway for me for the show is that I really hope that William Zabka, like I hope this is like his return um and i looked at his, his imdb he's been on a lot of stuff that just i haven't seen and that some of it looks like it's you know um i don't want to use the phrase b movie as you know being something less than not but like they're just films that i had not seen and um but he's so wonderful in this series. I really hope that, like, I want, like people gritty, are relooking at him.
0: <laughs> I want a gritty ski school reboot, and he's just like, you know, well, he, no, he's I like mean, the guy that owns <laughs> the mountain now, and he's just like, Ugh, you know,
1: you know, maybe throw him a bone, maybe put him in, in you know, a Star Wars movie or whatever. I don't know, like <laughs> something, something high profile. I guess is what I would, I'm saying. I,
0: sure, I'm, I'm fine with. It. I think that's great. I, I feel like this is going to open some doors for him anyway. Yeah, and I'll, and and for Ralph Macchio again, honestly, as much as he kind of had to, kind of have that. Aus- shucks because it's Daniel LaRusso and he's finally starting to look his age like this kid yeah. he I mean Ralph Macchio didn't age for years he was the portrait of Dorian Gray and now he's starting to finally show it a little bit you Well, know?
1: The, the one scene that I will say that it reminded me of how good he is as Daniel is, is there's a scene where he goes to Miyagi's gravesite and just kind of tells him like I'm not who I used to be and I'm losing my temper and I just wish you were here. I think, I think any of us who've lost either a parent or a parent figure have had that moment where it's like, God, I wish you were here to talk to Um, and it's a very wonderful scene where it's him just talking at Miyagi's gravesite and like, I don't know who I am in the world right now and I don't know what my world is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's the most Daniel scene that I felt like I got out of the series. Um, because like, you know, at one point he karate kicks a a drink out of a competitor's hand and Uh, a
0: boba, he kicks a boba out of somebody like, which by the way, like it is as silly as that is. And it is kind of outrageous. It was one of those situations where his competitor was kind of calling him out on his shit saying, yeah, you're a gimmick. He's like, I'm a gimmick. Okay, fine. Here's a spin kick. And then everybody there was like, what is going on? Like, and it's almost the same, it's, it's almost directly the same thing as, as uh, Johnny, like standing up to those those kids right and i kind of i kind of dug that they're both coming back into their own like they're embracing yeah. the thing that they knew and i kind of dug that it's like i don't know it was very much like i just
1: So i know they yeah. have to face off but is it wrong that i just want to see them be friends and I, I realize I, that takes all the conflict no, no, no. out of the series, but I, I'm like...
0: I think with the way things end in the second season, or the second season, I, I've watched the second season, it's pretty great, no. Um, <laughs> the way that the cliffhanger is, and of all the things we've spoiled, I'm not going to spoil the cliffhangers. Right. I think that there's going to be eventually, like, a frenemy type of thing, Yeah. and they'll have to unite to fight a common enemy. And yeah. I think that's going to be kind of great, you know, like... And I and, and if it redeems if it redeems Johnny and in a sense um makes Daniel finally realize what it means to be the underdog and the hero again, I'm cool with that. If this if, like I know there's a second season coming, but I feel like if this is something that runs three seasons where eventually like I feel like that would probably might be a good amount of time because I mean, how long can you have like competing karate dojos in the valley, like like there's other things too we didn't even mention. Like whenever um, at one point uh, Miguel's trying to tell uh, Johnny about like his girl problems, he's like, "Is she hot?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Well, he's like, is she hot?" And he's like, "Yeah, she's hot." He's like, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I do love <laughs> that scene too, where after he kisses her, uh, Miguel kisses uh, Daniel's daughter, and Johnny has won the right to bring Cobra Kai back to the tournament they're both at the dojo and like he walks in and he's like who's the man and then you know johnny looks at him and he's like are you the man he's like because i'm the man and like they have this whole thing about like their victories and yeah. i thought that was a very sweet moment as well yeah, it was
0: nice but the fact that johnny tells miguel to be like you know where i took all my dates golf and stuff <laughs> or whatever it was and it's like and then you see the same sign from the first movie yeah. and it's like just this place the shine is falling off of this place <laughs> but but mcgill and and samantha have have fun you know and yeah. it's innocent it's nice um i just yeah we didn't even talk about like and i don't want to go too much into this but like the brutality of high school is so prevalent in this yeah and it still works and there's some asshole kids in this like and there's some and there there's the outcasts there's the freaks and and it's like that all that all still unfortunately still works really well and then having the added knowledge of the constant awareness of social media like that really kind of it brings it into the now and it's like i don't know like it's this whole thing aside from the fact that karate is magic and can solve all problems
1: <laughs>
0: but that was the karate kid to begin with right like it just it just if you like cuz some people that have done have not done karate in years somehow still have this like amazing mastery of it which i yeah. feel like that's kind of weird.
1: Well, we get and the that- feeling that Daniel was considered, was still practicing for a very long time because yeah. he, was, he was practicing it with his daughter until she lost interest.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you get this stuff, and it's like as long as you can check your your brain at the door for as much as someone can still be proficient in something and not practice it in years, that's fine. But I, again, I just will say this I know we spoiled a lot of this, and I don't think this really ruins the show. Watch it. It is wonderful. Uh, it It is, it, it pays off. Um, homage to what came before, but it's not afraid to acknowledge that, like you mentioned, Johnny telling his version of the story. Like, yeah. like I, I was talking to Steve about this four star recording. Pat Oswald called this the anti ready player one, and I joke about how you have my attention. It really, really is because it, it leans into everything, but it has no problem ripping those rose color glasses off your face when it's needed.
1: Well, it's interesting because one of the things that the series does that uh, is you mentioned it with the the, the puttin stuff or the golfing so, stuff.
0: Putt, I don't know what, what puttin stuff. I think golfing stuff.
1: Is that they revisit certain locations from the movies? and some of them have fared better than others. Yeah, like the lake. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned
0: like there was the whole lake where Daniel was uh balancing on the boat. That's <laughs> all dried out now. Yeah, like, he's
1: like it's it's a, it, you know, it's it, the drought basically, you know, dried it all up, so it's no longer there. But they
0: still use the location, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we see Daniel's like the apartment complex that he lived in. And he's like, "Oh, the pool's yeah. actually filled now and <laughs> There used to be three palm trees here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's there's a, a scene, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but it's in the last episode where you're kinda like, I'm wondering what's hap- what's happened to, you know, where Miyagi lived, um, or at least where his cars were and stuff like that, and you get a little glimpse of that, and I'm like, Jesus, they're getting that right too. Like yeah. it, it it very much feels like, you know, uh, they've paid attention to all the right details, you know, but they're not like, Ooh, remember where you know the yellow car that Mister Miyagi gave Daniel? Here it is. Like, I mean, a it's very there, but subtle it's, it's thing. not
0: so. It, it's it's there, and and there's so many music cues in the series yeah. too, that are from. And it, they paid
1: out the butt for the the licensing because there's <sighs> tons of music in the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, it, and it's all great, and it's just I feel like this is nostalgia done right in the sense that you put it in its place. But you're not telling that story. But and they're forwarding
1: the story. Yeah. That's what makes it oh. different.
0: And it's so it's so goddamn good. And you said that you didn't have a particular super special spot in your heart for the Karate Kid. I, I would I would argue that like this, even if you have a passing love like or enjoyment of that film, th- this just takes it and it's like almost retroactively makes it better. I don't know how even like yeah the, like it's just I don't like I'm gushing over it because. I guess it, it takes a lot now for me to be surprised by something. And I was honest, because I didn't watch it when it first came out. Cause I'm like, this sounds stupid, whatever. But then enough people are like, you need to pay attention to this. And we have so much now that we live in a fractured world where, uh, established, uh, you know, entities and, um, like IPs and everything like they, they keep coming back to it because it's hard to generate a new one that mm-hmm. people automatically identify with. Right. And this is one that's been on the shelf for a while, and everybody's familiar with it because you know it's been in the mindshare, and everybody knows. Even if you've never seen Karate Kid, everyone knows the crane kick. Everyone knows you're the best around. Everyone knows wax on, wax off, which but the series takes the piss out of that in a really fun way. Like yeah. there's a whole there's there's two ways that's approached, and I really enjoyed both. You know, um, and so it's it's in the mind, right? It's it's in the it's in the mindshare of everybody, and so I don't know. It's I feel like they. It, I really, really, really hope that whatever magic they had in the bottle this time around, that they keep it for the second season. Cause you can tell that they have a story they want to tell. And I like that they, they pitched it basically the story complete to, to, uh, William Zabka. Cause at first yeah. he wasn't interested and they just told him like, this is where we want to go with it. and He was down. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to be down? Cause it redeems your character. And Then you had to go to Ralph Macchio and He's be like
1: more of the star of this yeah, show. I would argue. Which,
0: and if that, if, if that makes, um, Ralph Macchio's like stock go back up again. I'm so glad that he's like, yeah, bring it, because like people know me, but let's tell this story. Yeah, it's just it's great, it's so good.
1: Yeah, I think he's a producer on the show as well. As is Will Smith, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah. probably because of the the Karate Kid remake. He's probably yes, got he has part of the rights that. for that.
0: Yeah, so he uh, he actually has the exact. So wait producer. for
1: Jaden Smith to show up. Uh, you know, we just talked about Josh That's, if
0: Jackie Chan was a show up, I'm fine with that. But we'll, we'll keep uh we'll keep Jane Smith away, right? So again, I highest I cannot say like like I know we talked a lot about it and we've we've spoiled some of the plot points. We didn't spoil all the plot points, and even if we did, it's so worth watching because if you were on the bubble about it, I could not recommend the series enough. There's a little bit on the edges of like, I don't know. If karate works like that, but like in some of the training yeah. stuff, but at the same time, if you're on board for this, like, like this, uh, like noodle armed kid from Jersey suddenly becoming this amazing karate champ that he never had a tournament before Miyagi, he's never in a tournament and somehow he's in the finals, like fine, just accept it and roll with it. And it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the whole if you don't overthink how you get there, where I and I know I'm guilty of overthinking everything all the time. I just kind of let some of that stuff fall away because the things that work in this work really, 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 really well.
1: Yeah, I did not think I would be this excited over a Karate Kid TV <laughs> series. Like no. I honestly didn't. Um, I mean, you heard me gush earlier about a Halloween teaser that's, like, literally five seconds long. <laughs> so you can tell, like, that, like, I'm like, oh, it's Halloween, and I'm instantly in. Um, with this, I had no interest, and, like, I walked out of it going, this show is far better than it should have been, A. But, B, like, I kind of fell in love with it. I There's no other way of putting it. Like, I'm, I'm in for second season. So uh, I can't wait to see what they do with it.
0: Yeah, so... Highest recommendation. So check out uh, Cobra Kai, and just remember: strike, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, and I, I, and also drink Coors.
1: <laughs> this episode of Cobra Kai was brought, brought to you, you by, by Coors. Coors. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's going to do it for for the talk about Cobra Kai. Uh, before we get to the game. Uh just got to get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh Steve, how can people find you and I about to you're drinking Coors, not Coors, Miller Lights brought to you by
1: Miller Lights. <laughs> uh so you can find me at the saturdaynightslasher.com. Uh also on at, on Twitter at saturdayslasher and uh Instagram. Instagram as well. Part, yeah, yeah. saturdayslasher is on Instagram as well so you can find us at all those spots and this weekend you can find me uh, ambling around the Monroeville Mall in Pittsburgh uh, as I go there for the 40th anniversary of Dawn of the Dead in the actual mall that it was filmed in. So. Yeah, good
0: luck finding the gun store that's there. <laughs> yeah, that was never there to begin that with. That was never I'm there to yet. begin with. But if you could slide down the like the uh, escalator, like which I know that they changed that as well, so you right. can't do that slide. But if you could try, that'd be amazing.
1: I, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm kind of like, I want to go into that pennies. Like, I don't know why. <laughs>
0: There might be value there you don't know but I, like like I, Ken Foree is going to be there and some other people yeah, right? yeah. uh
1: Tom Savini Ken Forey, Galen Ross uh, Scott Reiniger, uh, about 30 different uh, people who were background zombies um, and then uh gentlemen uh, I, I, I i feel bad if i'm screening. i think it's eugene clark he was big daddy in land of the dead he's just there as a special guest as well and uh i love land of the dead as well that's another romero film um so
0: he finally got out from that river
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh greg nicotero who oh if nice. you don't know who Greg nicotero is, yeah, else, yeah. go look go look him up so uh just stoked to be there to see the mall um a piece of film history um particularly a film that I love. And uh the fact that it's so close to home. Like you don't normally get to see this kind of stuff. It's usually out in LA. So I'm I'm stoked to be there. And uh you'll probably see lots of stuff on the Saturday night slasher Instagram this weekend of like,
0: hey, I'm in the mall. Look, there's pennies. You should you need to sneak some of those masks onto some of
1: those actors. And go, Can you please, <laughs> please, you know, I think that'd be great. Take so Take yeah. this picture with this.
0: Yeah, take this picture with this. All right. Yeah, and you can find us on Invasion of the Podcast. We're on Facebook. We have a website, podcast.com where you'll find our blog that has Year of the Knockoff. You can read about all the things I've watched that we didn't talk about on the show. Uh, and we have more of the knockoff stuff coming. Uh, we have. I'm just going to just throw this out there right now. We were talking about doing Iron Eagle uh, because we thought it was a knockoff of Top Gun. Uh, it came out like six months before Top Gun. That is like my mind is blown. And I don't think Top Gun is trying to knock off Iron <laughs> Eagle, so I don't think we're going to pull that magic trick. We'll figure out what we're going to do next. We have some fun stuff coming up for that, so you can check that out on the blog or on the Facebook. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Google Music, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. If you can find us, rate it and review us that would be spectacular. So the more people, if you give us good reviews that might populate more and more people might find us and that would be great. So yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, let's just get to the game. We'll talk about what we want to talk about next week. So, uh, yeah, here comes the fight test.
2: time to play the game. Time to play the game.
0: All right, so I just have a simple quiz here. It's a, I was going to come up with something involving like entirely martial arts. I am not that good with that. You so weren't the best around. No, I was not the best around. <laughs> Everybody kept me down. So these are all questions involving fights. Um, some of them are martial arts related, some of them are not. So all right. So we'll see how you do with it. Uh, uh, no particular order, because I just kind of went as I went here. Uh, why did Rod, Andy Samberg, and Hot Rod attempt to jump over 15 buses?
1: Because he hated his father. Was it his father or his stepfather? Stepfather. Yeah, and uh, wanted to prove to him that he could be a stuntman.
0: Yes, he wanted to raise money uh, to oh, get because his stepfather a new heart. Heart, Yeah, So yes. he could beat him in a fist fight to prove that he was a man. Yes. <laughs> and he would wear the fake mustache because it's like he wanted to be a man. <laughs> and Ian McShay was the stepfather. He was so good. He was frank. Yeah. <laughs> I... I I love Hot Rod, and that is not a guilty <laughs> pleasure. I love that movie, and it is in the vein of the Karate Kid and and Rad and all it's that. It's
1: been a while yeah. since I've seen it, so.
0: And then, but and so do you. You probably don't remember this in the very beginning when he's having his fight with Frank, and they have like, like he he tries to ambush Frank. He ends up, like, trying to punch him, and he yells, ultimate punch, and he's, like, trying to punch Frank, <laughs> and he misses. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Frank picks up a stick, and he calls it, oh, a Rhodesian fighting stick. He's like, Rhodesian? <laughs> like, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, in, in the movie Dirty Work, uh, Norm Macdonald is about to get into a bar fight. Chris Farley's character, who had his nose bit off by a Saigon whore, I just want to mention that, uh, puts money in the jukebox and wants to hit G7 Ah uh, the Rolling Stone Street Fighting Man but instead hits G eight what is the song that plays during the bar fight
1: uh, it's funny because I remember <laughs> I remember the line Street Fighting man um is it uh, Pina Coladas? Is yes. it uh, getting caught in the rain. Yeah, yeah it's the um, Pina
0: Colada song. He's like, you hit G eight. <laughs> yeah. another Dirty Work. Not as good as Hot Rod, but I love Dirty Work. Yeah,
1: Dirty Work's one of those movies that like caught me off guard because I'd not expect to like it as much as I did. And then,
0: note uh, to self: Aunt Ginny is your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I just it's just it's Norm McDowell's is playing himself the entire time, and then you have Artie Lang, and just and you have. Um, Oh, uh, what's the name? He's the grandfather in that. Uh, he's the one that you know. He needs the heart transplant as well. Uh, in that, I guess. That, I, I guess I like films with heart transplants. Chevy Chase is the doctor that that keeps yeah. gambling away all the money. Um, anyway, number three, Punchy is the mascot for what fruit flavored drink that only contains five percent juice? Oh man,
1: is this an idiocracy? No, uh,
0: that's not. That's not Brando. <laughs>
1: What uh, will like you telling me what movie it's from? Because I, this I, isn't from a movie. It's this oh. is
0: this is not a movie related thing. Punchy is the mascot for what fruit flavor? Oh,
1: is it Hawaiian punch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like a movie. No, like. not
0: all these are movies. I should warn you in ahead of time. So these are all over the place. All right. Um. All right. In Mike Tyson's Punch Out, yes. which I'm sure you've played. Uh, what is the Great Tiger's weakness? Like, how do you stun him?
1: The Great Tiger, if I remember correctly, although I think he might be called White Tiger in one of the iterations, I can't remember, but uh, like his uh, his jewel will uh, um, start to flash, and then he'll do his like round and round and round, and you have to block all of his punches. Yes,
0: his teleporting punch, you're right. Yeah. You have to block him five times. And, and then, then he'll be stunned. Stunned. And then, yeah. So you're right. But the, the the turban with the gem that's whenever he's going to uppercut. You're right. So okay. But, uh, good on you. I, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to like because I know everyone knows to punch out. And I was going to do a King Hippo question, but I wanted to go Great Tiger because either either I'm really good with him like fighting him or I'm absolutely terrible. There's no <laughs> in between. Like I. Well, the
1: problem is is that if you accidentally hit the button like a second too late or just too get, early, you, just you, get, just you get obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and I don't know if the great tiger is racist or not I don't know there's some other questionable other uh soda Popinski is one oh, of the other yeah, <laughs> which his name was um I've uh, like Ivan vodginsky or something like that something yeah. that was really it was bad anyway um what is the name of the martial art that Dietrich Bader is teaching in Napoleon Dynamite?
1: oh oh <sighs> I want to say it's Shaq Fu, but it's not Shaq Fu. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I oh,
0: it's Rex Kwon do
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, and in Kill Bill Two, the Bride uses what technique to kill Bill?
1: Shaq Fu. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's Shaq Fu. No.
1: Uh, is it the? Um is it like the quivering hand or something the along quivering The quivering hand? Uh, <laughs> Watch out. Watch out for the
0: quivering hand.
1: I clearly do yeah. not remember. The five
0: point palm exploding heart technique.
1: That's the same as the quivering, quivering hand. hand.
0: Oh no! You got to watch out for that quivering hand. And you keep saying Shaq Fu. I always try to come up with questions with the answer that was Shaq Fu. I couldn't come up with anything that made sense because I, like, I was like, "Does Steve know do Shaq Fu?" Like, the, like not the, not the martial art, but so I, none the of these answers. Of Shaq
2: Fu for That was years. one of the very
0: first things I was going to come up with, and I, none of these answers are, are Shaq Fu. Um, <clears throat> what martial art does Howard the Duck know?
1: Oh, my God. Is it Duck Foo? No. Is it Taekwon Duck? No. Come uh, on.
0: Come on. What's, what's the worst answer here?
1: Uh, and how, what's the worst answer? For um, well, Howard the Duck. What would he know?
0: Uh, I thought this would be the one that you would know off the top of your head. Because not only because it's Howard the Duck, it's also <laughs> a George Lucas, Lucas film. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, man. Uh, All right. It's Quack Foo.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. All right. So, what was Raoul Julia's last film?
1: Is it Street Fighter? Yeah, yeah. Street
0: Fighter the movie. He played M Bison, and you just feel bad about that. Such a
1: wonderful actor, and like his legacy is. Well, it's not not his legacy. No, but
0: but yeah. Um, All right. And this one you may not know, but I was just going to see. Uh, What is the name of the martial art created by Bruce Lee? he actually made a school oh, of martial arts. I did arts. not know oh, that.
1: Okay. Uh, was it Bruce Lee?
0: It's Yeah, it's it's Bruce Lee Do No, uh, it's Jeet Kundo Doe is actually one of the things. Yeah. He he combined a couple different styles, but he was the one that was behind that. Makes so.
1: me feel like I'm yet again behind in life. I haven't mm-hmm. even created one style. Of I have
0: not either. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, what is the name of the muscle-bound mayor of Metro City in the Final, final Fight game
1: series? Oh, I have no idea. You know I, Final I Fight, even...
0: though. It's like that's a side-scrolling brawler. Yeah, you know, he's the guy that wears, like, the khaki pants and, like, the single strap over his, his muscular, muscular body. No? Okay.
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well,
0: it's Michael Duncan, not Clark, but he goes by uh Hagar. Like,
1: I don't well, like know, as in Hagar the, the whore. whore. I don't know,
0: but he's the I like that he's this muscle bound mayor, like with like a Stacy Keach mustache. And his <laughs> whole thing is like, I'm the mayor of this town. I want to
1: punch everybody
0: in it and then eat all the turkey on the ground, you know. So every yeah.
1: mayor to me is always McCheese. McCheese, yeah.
0: All right. So last but not least, South Park season five, episode two Timmy versus Jimmy had Timmy and Jimmy recreate shot for shot the five and a half minute fight sequence from what 80s sci fi cult hit? They live. Yes.
1: Best movie fight ever. Yes,
0: because you got the Rowdy, Rowdy Piper and the Keith David, and it just goes on and on and on and on.
1: Every time you think that fight's over, it's not.
0: It's all about trying to get one guy to put on a pair of sunglasses. (laughs) So you did pretty well on the fight test. I think you survived the fight test. did okay. So, all right. So anyway, uh, next week, speaking of fights, we're going to be talking about the Andre the Giant documentary. It's on HBO. Um, I know Steve had already seen it and he highly recommends it so I wanted to check it out myself Uh, and it also kind of ties into next weekend is the WWE Money in the Bank so a big pay-per-view and one of the biggest big guys in wrestling and um, I heard the documentary is awesome, so I think yeah, it'd be fun it's to talk a, about.
1: an interesting look at uh, not only just his wrestling career, but him, the man himself. So uh, I would highly recommend uh, watching it if you guys get a chance before we watch it, uh, or before we talk about it and giving it a watch. It's on HBO right now. Um, it's, I mean, it, it tells you stuff about him that obviously a lot of us would never even think about or consider. So it's, it's a cool, cool documentary, and it... it it may actually break your heart a little bit. So,
0: yeah. So, there you go. Uh, we're going to be talking about some feelings. We're going to feel some feelings next week. So, <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Steve, hope you come back from a Roville Mall. But if not, I'm sorry. Like, I may you know, come
1: back as a zombie.
0: Yeah, that's fine. You know, so, all right. I'm, and I'm not going to be a zombie. Well, actually, I'm going to a wedding. So, maybe, maybe. You'll probably be a zombie. Yeah, maybe. So, all right. So, until next week, uh, have a good week, guys. And remember, strike hard, strike first, no mercy, and drink Coors Banquet.